free-for-all podcast your source for all things geek i'm your host trey elliott joining me as always josh barnett what up and no one else that usually joins me but in their stead we do have one justin north here hello uh longtime friend of the podcast yes indeed uh it's been a long time since you've been on the show long though. long time indeed i've moved like two houses since you've, last had, time you've, you've, you've moved two houses i have a two-year-old kid that i didn't have the last time we we were together here. Well, well that tells so. us stuff. And by the way, it totally does look like you're just like leaning as far away from me as possible. Oh, <laughs> man, I'm sorry. No, I since Chuck can't be here, Chuck is uh, uh, we're actually in Chuck's home, but he's upstairs ridden with the flu. Among other things. Pure evil coming out of both ends of him right now. Um, I am actually sitting in here. Uh, I also, in lieu of Chuck, I have a bad back also. Okay. So I'm trying to position this the best way I can so that yeah, the yeah. fine folks at home... Uh, and on the internet can hear me. Uh, this is not a personal affront to Josh. It's okay. Also, for our regular listeners, as they all know, the flu is just code for fucking all the dudes. Yeah, just a big bag of dudes. All yep. the dudes in one giant bag, paper this time, which is an interesting choice. It's going to rip. That's, I mean, it's not the only thing that's going to rip, though. <laughs> and if it doesn't, if by some miracle it doesn't rip, it's just going to disintegrate from being so wet. Jesus Christ. I mean, to be fair, usually when you get a bag of dudes, it's a bit moist. It's, it's I a think little that's a Moist I bag think... of dudes is not a title I want. <laughs> moist bag of dudes, band name, called it. Oh, God. I mean, you know, <laughs> there are just certain things that are facts in life. Yes. And one is that if you put a, a lot of dudes into a bag. That's right. Especially if those dudes are going to a place where, you know, clearly the intent is fucking. Mm -hmm. uh, then... God, it's clearly gonna be a little the moist. Is fucking is definitely what I want <laughs> as the title of the show. We've had a lot I of strong contenders up front. Just pretty good. Front loading it with uh, possible, possible show titles. So, um, so yeah, uh, Evan obviously is is still away um, taking care of his congratulations, tiny Evan. new child. Happy for you, brother. I've got two of my own. So, congratulations on your first. Good luck, not you know making sure that she lives yet another day. It's really the struggle as a parent. Yeah, on my my oldest son, my older son's first birthday, we had some friends and family together, and uh, I announced, you know, thanks everybody for coming. Uh, we're celebrating the fact that um, Aaron and I managed to get him a year through life and haven't <laughs> killed him yet. Yeah. So thanks for coming. Enjoy yeah, the party. Uh, Layton was apparently pretty um, pretty sick the last couple of weeks, just like Oof. sinus stuff, whatever. Nothing like everybody's super getting major, it. But yeah. yeah. Um, and, and so, like, apparently she would, like, occasionally, like, choke on some, some phlegm. Ugh. And Evan was like, it's terrifying every time. Yeah, man. Like, that's... <laughs> and I'm like, pretty soon you just get to the point where, like, ah, fuck it. They'll either, they'll either make it or they won't. Man. With the, yeah. <laughs> One or the other. It doesn't really matter in the end, I guess. Well, Fate's in charge. Sure. I gotta make a taco. Well. <laughs> Is Lane your first? <laughs> My first and only. Okay. I just want to make sure, because you're making it sound like he's not. Well, no, at the... Okay, so <laughs> yeah, I guess I could have said first or last. Yeah, at a certain point, you do as a parent kind of go, you know, there's nothing in their room that's going to kill them. They're fine. They're making noises or whatever. If they're making noises, there's enough air passing in and out of their body yeah. for them to be able to breathe because they're making noise. So you can't have one without the other. So you don't stress whatever. about it. You just leave them in the room. You yeah. lock all three or four locks that you yeah. put on the door, and you make sure they don't go out for a week. You or let two. Chuck leave a knife in there, and <laughs> yep. it's good to yep. go. Yep. yep. Serrated Every edge. Time I, f I forget about it. After like a stretch of time, I forget that at one point. You just found your son playing with Chuck's knife. 
Uh, he brought it into me. It I was, was a, in the office in the old house. Was it open? I can't remember. It was fully open, <laughs> and he just brought it in and went, God, what's right? this? With a knife about that long. <laughs> it's a fucking crocodile Dundee shit. <laughs> that's not a knife. Yeah. <laughs> Oh man, that's Jesus. No, yep. when you're when you <laughs> seriously like the, the other thing that happens. So with your first kid, if it's your first and only, uh, you get to a point where it's like, oh, they're not going to die; they're fine. With the second kid, like I used to wake up anytime my older son, when he was an infant, anytime there was a sound, anytime anything happened, you freak out and you run in there and you check on them and make sure they're not dead. I have not once in the two and a half years that my second son has been alive woken up because he was crying. I just sleep through it like nothing's going on. Like I don't even. My, I wake up. I wake up in the morning. My wife's like, oh, "I was up all night with Ben," and uh, and I'm like, "What, really?" Because I just knocked out like eight and a half good hours. So I don't know what you're talking about. But God, I can't remember the last time I got eight and a half good hours. Me neither. I made that up. That was a that was a lie. <laughs> now nah, you know six maybe if I'm lucky. So I it's don't have average. a second kid, a lot of but TV. I did recently sort of inherit um, a cat. Yeah. Um, turns out that having a cat is kind of like having a newborn, except for you can't look forward to the cat ever growing up and learning how to, like, talk to you and hang out and watch movies. Right. Or love you. Yeah. yeah. All that stuff. Show any affection. She just, just She just decides that 4 a.m. is the time to sit on my head, and then that happens, and then I'm awake at 4 a.m. every day now. Yeah. See, and your kid's... Will do that at some point. They'll get up at four a.m. and yeah. climb on top of your head. But like you said, but then you scream at them. Yeah, and, and they learn. You're like, don't ever fucking do that again. That's not. We don't do that. And you put them back in their bed, and then they go to sleep. What you do is you wait we till about crying because they're terrified of you. Next time you wait till about four p.m. when As, the cat is clearly going to be sleeping and just sit on its head but, no, and, that, that's and the murder point. it. That's like a slight bit of like. You know, it makes you feel good for a minute, but no, it conditions the cat to realize no, if I doesn't. do this, it does not. Well, then Britney's got a dumb cat. What can I say? I'm sorry. No cat in the history of the world has gone. Oh, my master just sat on my head. That means that they must not like it when I sit on their head. That has never occurred to a cat anywhere ever. I'm just saying. I've had cats before. None of them has ever sat on my head. Not a single one. Well, you had. Less annoying cats than I do. Yeah, that's fair. Out. My wife's family had lots of cats, and two or three of them over the course of our time dating before we got married would sit on people's heads while they were trying to sleep. So it is a thing. Oh, man, it's the worst. Or like knocking shit over on your uh, nightstand. Yeah. Or on your desk, like you're sitting there at your computer, like trying to do something, and they're like, I'm just going to walk across the keyboard. This is cute when they do it in the coffee commercials. No. That's how cats sound. It's a very also, good cat is that, impression. Is that like a thing from coffee commercials? There, I've seen commercials I've seen where YouTube videos. Are, well, no, they're not, not on people's heads. But like, they're the cat comes walking up. Maybe it was like a fancy feast commercial because maybe you're supposed to care about the cat. That's coffee, sure. But they, it was all filmed in like that really like shitty you guys not HD fancy feast French roast. <laughs> <laughs> fancy feast French roast. There's another uh, oh, yeah. possible <laughs> title for the show. Oh uh, man! All right. Um, so as we do. Uh, every week on the podcast, or on the movies and TV podcast, anyways, uh, it's time for Hey Who Died. Uh, and this year, um, this is the first of the year, right? This is the second. We did a video game one last week. Yep. Which was after New Year's. But I'm saying, this it's, is the first oh, hey, hey Who, who died, died of the year. year. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Uh, and so we will celebrate the death of the year that was 2016. Um, 2016 mm. was a son of a bitch. Yep. Hell yeah, it was. To say the least. Um, claimed many, many uh, of our favorite celebrities. Um, 
It's, it's funny. There was I think Chuck was talking about this the other day, but it's kind of interesting that um, they did like a bunch of studies and like this is basically prime time for like when like the rise of like the movie and like different like music, pop culture, like all these things. Chuck's been pushing that fucking agenda worse than a politician the he's, last couple weeks. He's not the only one. I've heard this on several different podcasts that like this is now basically going forward. This is just going to kind of happen because there are so many like the explosion of pop culture happened. You know, X number of years ago, and now all these people are like most likely going to die. Well, no, go ahead. I was going to say, I mean, again, an argument I had with him is where, yes, obviously a lot of celebrities from people's youth are starting to get older. Certainly. There are plenty of people 80 and above who met that quota that died this year. But the, the big names that hit this year, Carrie Fisher and David Bowie and Prince and George Michael, and, like, all of these names that hit that people were so shocked about were, like, 60 and below. But, man, 60 is, as a celebrity, I don't think 60 is super young. Like No, and also... The life you live... Yeah, and let's also think about how the the percentage of people who... You, you pointed out Carrie Fisher, who, obviously, were all gutted over the loss of, of uh, Carrie Fisher, but the issue with that argument is... <clears throat> 60 somewhere in that range like 50 to 70 you know somewhere in there the vast majority of people who have blood clots that throw and cause a heart attack or an aneurysm people who haven't been eating healthy their whole lives people who have been doing terrible things to their bodies where they're gaining a ton of weight and then losing it again well i mean god forbid i'm not trying to hex anybody but look at tom hanks i mean he's got type 2 diabetes and he has said he's pretty sure you know that's adult onset diabetes he's pretty sure it was caused by some of the fluctuations that he went through because some roles he would gain a bunch of weight and lose it again um you know some of these people have put a lot of strain on their bodies um they haven't eaten properly you know a lot of these people who are that age you would hope that they would be keeping healthy and seeing a doctor regularly but statistically they have more heart attacks and health problems it's also like a regular like most actors keep a pretty rigorous schedule um a lot of actors, unfortunately, just because of the, the nature of the business, have a history of substance abuse. Like, There's a lot of stuff like that that means that if you live to be 80, 90 years old, like if you're fucking Betty White over here, like, yep. you know, but how old she is, what, 80s, 90s? She's pretty, She's pretty on up She's in late there. 80s or early 90s, yeah. But either way, like... Stan Lee's 93. I was just yeah. going to say Stan Lee. And Stan Lee, though, is like not really a celebrity in the, sense, in the same sense that... That dude got his fuck on in the 80s. <laughs> I, mean, <laughs> I don't doubt that. Um, no, but to be fair, like I love comic books uh, now, and I, I but I didn't grow up reading comic books. I grew up watching the cartoons that were made out of the comic books. And, and I even had, if you did, you still I had didn't. no idea who Stanley was yeah. until the MCU became a thing. So, and even like there are some people who knew before that, but again, he wasn't. He wasn't a celebrity in the same way that Tom Hanks is a celebrity. No, no and I get that. I mean, I just looked it up. Like, life expectancy right now is around 71 years. Um, that's a good 10 to 11 years higher than... And Carrie Fisher was the oldest of the ones that I just said. Yeah, but like, that's what I'm saying. Is like, I don't think 10, 11 years is an unreasonable amount of time to deduct off of the life of someone... No, who, but I like, mean, if, if if we had gone doing a hell of a, a living a hell of a life, still like if we had gone through this year and like the major deaths were like George Burns and Eli Wallach and things like that, people like Betty White, people who were in their eighties and above, I, just I would get that. But like it. fifty or sixty years old, like Chuck made a joke, like that's ten years away from him. Yeah, but he also that's twenty you know, years away from anyone. I mean, of he's us. unhealthy for many different reasons, mostly all the dudes. But I mean, are you saying that dudes are unhealthy? I'm saying the way that he like lives his life, the way he partakes in the dudes. Yes, he doesn't. I mean, he doesn't have a healthy dude partaking. Everything is great in moderation, Josh. 
<laughs> but there's no moderation happening up He's there. He's got like a buffet of dudes? Yeah. Oh, okay. A full, a full buffet. He's gone back a couple different times? Yes. Just over and over again. Just so you know, Bowie was 69, and people were okay. still shocked and, and you know upset by how old he was or how young he was when he died. So, again, like I just I I still think that this year I was mean, significantly higher, and, and I, I agree that this year might look worse than 2017. I just think that there's going to be these years are going to occur with much more frequency. But it was forward. a spike. Like it wasn't just like oh, 2015 got worse and 2014 was a little better. Like, that is fair. It, it did seem it, like it a very was out of dramatic. nowhere. This particular because like you've been talking about for the longest time, Robin Williams is still the one that like hits you the most. Like I was working at Amazon when Robin Williams died. Like that, was that three years ago, right? Yeah, like yeah, that, that was. It was rough and it Man. sucks, but like if that was the most impactful from now until then. Yeah, it used to be like one or two, and now there are there are easily like five just super significant ones this year. I mean, there are, there are plenty more than that, obviously, but like yeah. when you think like David Bowie, Prince, um, Carrie Fisher. When the Oscars come up here in a month, you're gonna you're gonna remember just like holy. Oh, I mean, shit. I'm, trust be, me, I've seen many. I'm gonna list. be crying like a bitch, baby. <laughs> yeah, I guess well, just, it's very rough. And the other thing, to be fair about Robin Williams, you know, in in addition to him being a wonderful, you know, caring person and a wonderful actor. A uh, world-class comedian. He also took his own life, so that I think adds probably to how hard it hit me personally. Uh, oh, yeah, it, I, I can't it was speak for Trey, enough. but that well, that adds that adds a, a whole layer of of uh, you know sadness to the whole thing. But especially because like with Robin Williams in particular, it was this kind of like weird um, like juxtaposition of like this guy who like provided so much joy to so many people. Absolutely, like you know felt felt that that way was. Um, it was rough because man, Mrs. Doubtfire and Patch Adams alone. Oh man! Like I watch those movies every day. Uh, I mean, this this year also hit us with shit like Anton Yelchin. People don't remember. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Like You're that right. dude was twenty seven years yeah. old. Yeah, yeah no, that tragedy. was crazy. That's terrible. Killed by his fucking car. Like not even a car that was driving. The most recent episode of Bull was basically just that. Only it was a self driving car. Stop watching that show. I've I've. Completely current, all ten episodes. I am one behind him right now. I didn't realize really? that they come back from break yet. Yes, Trey and I. Uh, <laughs> Trey might be the only person who's ever been on this podcast who likes procedurals more than I do, <laughs> and that's a maybe. Um, so, but anyway. also, I really still enjoy Kevin Can Wait. I haven't checked that out yet, but a coworker oh, of mine you. says it's really funny. Fuck you! I'm current on that as well. I take that back. The most recent episode that after winter break, I have not watched because me and Brittany watched that together. But I look forward to the year when we talk about Kevin Can Wait dying, <laughs> or just really Kevin James. Fair warning, hey, that show's going nowhere. Hey Josh, you mean like forever? <laughs> it's gone. Hey, oh, let me just like say this years. though. Let me just say this. That show though. is phenomenal. I loved that show. That show was phenomenal. I was very, very. It was upset very when good. That show was canceled. I was because it was good. Trey is never going to know how it good. ended. Trey needs to watch it because it was really good. He and saw it's only all one, one episode. Just, Bro, just watch the last episode. Seriously, just watch the one episode, get it over with. I know it's a funny thing now, but... Mary does that because she doesn't want the show to end. You just forgot. That's totally exactly how it went down. To be fair, I forget. It's what I do. It is. It is what you do. Um, Anyway. um, Remember, we have a thumbtack. So, yeah, 2016, um, fuck you, bro. And um, hopefully 2017 is a little better. Yeah. I got so much to look forward to in about a week. Huh? In Washington. Oh shit! Oh. Don't don't get that yeah, started not, right we're now. We're gonna talk about that later, anyways. It's gonna <laughs> inevitably come up, so let's not shoehorn it in here. I, gotta, I will say, I'm gonna weep. Um, openly. I think I mentioned this last. Did I mention last week that like the first several hours of 2017 involved my doorknobs like not working? No, no, I didn't hear the story. So the New Year's Day, we had a little bit of a, a board game day um, with some friends of mine. Oh, I see. And um, Lee, it was a very small group. 
Oh, I see. Lee? Um, <laughs> was, was Lee there? It was Lee and Hayden. Okay. And that is literally it. Uh, no, I take that back. And uh, Lee's brother. But um, Oh, I see. <laughs> hey, I didn't make the arrangements. I just hosted. Anyway, Hayden stepped outside for some air like an hour in. He was like, I'm going to step outside for me. He had a headache. Uh, and then could not re-enter my house because the doorknob just stopped working. You could turn it, but the little like piece that holds the door in place would not turn. So you've got my screwdrivers in your house. Why didn't you take apart the door? We did. Okay. We took the doorknob <laughs> off eventually, uh, and then the maintenance guy came and um, and uh, gave a new one. But, yeah, it was a very interesting. I was like, oh, no, maybe 2017 is not the savior <laughs> we had all hoped for. Since then, though, it's gone pretty well. Well, that's good. Uh, moving on, though, to trailers. Um, just some TV trailers for the most part this, uh, this week. Not a lot of movie stuff. There's a bunch of, like, Shitty movies I want to see in January, it turns out, though. Between Xander Cage God, and Underworld, it's it's shaping up to be a sweet January. <laughs> I'm so, like, I I talked about wanting to get, like, movies in at the end of the year they to get caught up. The goddamn woods, yeah, I'm Josh. not watching that kind of shit this year. Oh, you're a crazy person. It's the best thing to watch. <laughs> uh, anyway, um, Frontier uh, is a new Netflix series I'll starring Aquaman. Yes. Wow. Um, Wait. <laughs> It's super weird. I don't know why he has all that armor on and the trident, but I mean, you know, in the frontier, whatever. you'd think you would be in the ocean. But this joke is not working. Uh, you know what? I don't care. All your jokes don't work. I wonder Some how long it took. I wonder. How, I wonder how long it took for them to cover up his tat, like in makeup, <laughs> with that pattern, like just slather it on with it's like a putty knife. Like a, I bet they're like super efficient with that shit now. Probably. Um, you guys but anyways, are, are ripping the king of the sea, and you can shut up, king of Atlantis. You don't even know what he's called, see? The King of Atlantis, shut up. <laughs> uh, so Frontier, uh, yes. Jason Momoa. Killing lots of people. Yeah, killing some dudes. Mostly he's killing redcoats, so that was, you know, I'm down with that. That's cool with me. Did, did anyone, based on this trailer, catch what the fuck this is about, other I'd, than Jason Momoa killing some dudes? <laughs> I'd like to think it's a situation in which when Chuck is done with one of his dudes, he just throws him out into the wilderness, and Jason, Jason Momoa, Momoa takes him care of him? up. Yeah. So wait, in this situation... It's just like an assembly line of dudes getting either done or done in. <laughs> wait, isn't it done, then done in? Yeah. That's one... one but I mean, in. the camera cuts to both. I mean, so oh, sure. it's one, you see one or the other. Sure. It would never show you both. That's ridiculous. Well, I mean, in sequence. Like, he sees him getting done. Then he's like him there, getting So there's like a Narnia dead, door <laughs> that, like, occasionally just opens into, like, the Revenant-style wilderness, and Jason Momoa is just there stalking him through the fucking wilderness and murders them. Okay, so what the show is actually about <laughs> is a guy who used to work for the British Crown, uh, during the 1700s, uh, the fur trade in North America, uh, which was mostly research. the upper. Well, no, I'm a history major, so this <laughs> okay, is okay. actually. But it's the like the upper upper part of the United States, like around uh, New York State, uh, between there and Canada was uh, the fur trade was a huge huge source of revenue uh, in the 1700s. And uh, based on the trailer, uh, Jason Momoa used to work for the Crown in the fur trade. Now he's decided, fuck that noise. I'm going to do whatever I want to do. All I care about is me. I'm going to get mine, and I don't care who I have to kill to get what I want. And so he's just straight-up killing dudes. It looks really good. Um, Netflix pretty rarely lets me down. It used to be they never let me down, but um, they've yeah. had a couple of... I've not been a huge fan lately. I, I know, like, uh, I made this statement on the like the group text for the, the all, all of us that are normally on the podcast, and... I got shut down pretty quick. On, I'm like, not in that group anymore. Uh, <laughs> well, to be fair, it's just the four of us now. But um, I, was gonna say, I left the Facebook group a couple weeks ago. Never been invited back, and I'm okay with it. 
<laughs> I mean, you at this point, like, we just decided anyway. to stop fighting it. Um, no, but anyways, um, I had made the point that Netflix felt like it was slowing down in terms of originals, like, the quality. I mean, they still have some good stuff, but, like, uh, Amazon and Hulu are, like, really stepping up their game. And and the argument was shut down pretty quick. Like, the list that, that Chuck and Evan were able to provide of Netflix originals just this, this past year um, was pretty fucking impressive. I think it's with Amazon and Hulu, it's just that it's all... Very new. I yeah. also think that like we went from a world in which like every Netflix original that we talked about was like holy shit, to, how yeah, amazing. Yeah. To you know everybody was pretty disappointed with Luke Cage. I was not super uh, happy with Jessica Jones. And you um, have stuff like Fuller House and The Ranch and all these. Well, like, yeah, they're they're, they're kind that... of diluting the brand, but at the same time they have to because they they're really going to kind of their own material to begin with. Yeah, well, and they're having to go for a wider appeal now. I feel like they've done the. I feel like what they've done is smart, and I feel like the plan was we start with only things that we know are going to be hits. You know, we're only, we're going to start with things like House of Cards, that is just going to be absolutely phenomenal. Now they've kind of gotten to the point where people go, oh, it's a Netflix show. They can trust that, and now they can kind of branch out a little bit and start appealing to other people. Like, my mom has no interest in watching something like House of Cards, but I'm not going to lie. She'll probably watch if she hasn't already watched Fuller House. Yeah, and um, and I mean, I totally get that business strategy. I think I just assumed they would probably stick with something that looked a lot like the HBO model. Or, like, HBO, for the most part... It's an event. Yeah, it's an event, and you can, like, trust that it's going to be quality. You might not always like it. Um, like yeah, both I mean, of their most recent sitcoms, I have not kept up with, but there's no doubt that they are super well-made, intelligent shows. Yeah, I mean, we hated True Detective season two, but it wasn't like you know a disaster of a show in terms yeah. of quality. And and even that is it was bad writing but, and things like that. But, but to me, yeah. that almost feels like the same thing as what's happened with Netflix, where it's like this isn't necessarily poorly made. This just isn't for me. And I think when you've got a, a front-loaded lineup of things like. House of Cards and some of the other things that Netflix came out with, when you have McConaughey and Woody Harrelson doing the first season, there's nowhere to go but down from that, I feel like. I'm, maybe I'm wrong. I'm sure they could have found somebody. Uh, but it's a similar thing. Like, the you know, the later stuff may not be as exciting or great as the yeah, just, original stuff. Especially because they're, like, buying a lot of BBC stuff. and all, It just feels That's like true. there's a lot more than what, like, again, what an HBO or Showtime or something I gotta catch offers in terms of, like, breadth of content yeah which isn't I mean, it's just a different strategy strategy i don't think it's necessarily a bad one yeah um not great for us per se but um i, I do need to catch up on at this point now two seasons of peaky blinders uh, yeah as you should because holy fucking shit is that show good and i was easily the one who liked um, the first season the most and then like i started i watched two episodes so far of season two and have just for some reason not been able to uh just sit down and watch it for a whole day or something because it's only like six episodes per year right yeah it's super. It's fucking crazy. Quick to get I through been and able it's to get through it. just so fucking good. It gets better with every season. Um, I want to talk about talented cast? Holy shit! Yeah, for sure, for sure. Uh, also uh, on A or A and E, I almost said A and C. Um, A and E Bates Motel season five. This is the last season for Bates Motel. Um, that starts up here in a few weeks, and they just released the first trailer. Um, they took their time with it. They took as far as the fuck, trailer. Like, Two, two they, minutes, 48 seconds worth of trailer. Their intent was for you to start that trailer, and then as soon as you were done, episode one was going to premiere in like three <laughs> months. Um, yeah, it's it was interesting. I mean, I think I agree with you guys. It was maybe a little too long, but... Um, I mean, it's, that's, that's that show. Yeah, and the, and the reveal I thought was pretty good. Freddie Highmore continues um, to yeah, be really good at being super fucking creepy. Um, and yeah, you kind of got a reveal um, of... What Norma's up to, which is 
I guess spoilers being dead. Um, and <laughs> did she die in the end of last season? Yeah, um, it, it is me. Keep in mind. So um, I don't remember exactly what happened. So she's either dead or she's riding around on a unicorn. Yeah, I, I do remember. In a cloud of the rainbows. big thing last year was that he went to like the psychiatric hospital um, for a time, and basically I saw part of an episode. Yeah, he 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 like full on embraced the I have split personalities. I am like part of the time I am my mother, and I do not remember those times when I go back to being Norman, um, and like. Also, full on embrace the I'm a fucking murderer part yeah, of things. This trailer indicated that he has recollection of those times, at least. So or at I, least recollection of him being a psychopath. Um, so uh, it's kind of hard to tell just from the trailer, possibly, but then you also like hear Norma calling him to dinner, which is clearly something that's happening yeah. in his own head. I was, yeah. yeah, I was wondering because so, obviously she's not going to be gone in this fucking sh- season. She's like no, the star. For some reason, her name yeah. is. There are a lot of times where, at least in, in the last two seasons, where he's started to see that, where you'll see her, and then, like, you'll see, um, and I forget her name now. Do you remember the actress's name? That's what name? I was saying. I can't remember. Um, it's not Vera Familia, right? Yes, it is. Is it? It totally is. Um, Farmiga? I don't know. You guys always argue about the fucking... Yeah, and I'm not about to try it. Okay, that's fair. Point being, though, sometimes you'll see her, and it's. it turns out it's actually... Him. Norman, yeah. So they kind of go back and forth with that. They always end up showing him in like, in like full on drag, but um, sometimes they kind of switch back and forth. So yeah, it's it's it'll be interesting to see how they handle it. But I'm also curious how they end the series, considering I don't know if it'll they'll jump right ahead and lead right up to Psycho or. Oh, um, isn't there wasn't there like some casting we had talked about about somebody like coming on to play the woman who gets stabbed in the shower in the movie? Uh, possibly. I seem to recall us talking about that. Sure, I think it would we'll be super cool for them to kind of leave it with her, like, checking in. Yeah. Know, and him, like, greeting her at the desk. Uh, and that being, like, and him having kind of, like, a look in his eye or something. And then it just yeah. cut to black. That would be pretty cool. I haven't seen that show or that movie in fucking forever. I've never seen it. And I w- <coughs> bought it. And I was going to watch it. And then it just dawned on me that I should. You should just wait. and I might as well just wait. And basically, I'm just going to watch it after I watch the last episode of this this season. So, um, which should be incredibly interesting to see <laughs> yeah. how they tied it all in. Um, and then, uh, Josh, what was that Studio Ghibli show that we watched uh, trailer uh, for? Ronja, the robber's daughter. Yeah. Um, this is Amazon. Yeah. Uh, original series um, by um, Studio Ghibli, who's a pretty famous uh, yeah. anima- animation studio. <clears throat> um, go ahead. Yeah, so I mean, this is so this is done in conjunction with Hayao Miyazaki's son, Goro Miyazaki, um, who like his father is, in my opinion, the greatest mind in the history of animation. Like, I, I would put him on the level of Walt Disney in terms of importance. Okay. It's just a different. That's cool. No, that's cool. I was yeah. just about to say, whoa, now. Like, it is just it's a different market. Sure. But yeah. I would also put his he is works, the Japanese Walt yeah, Disney. I would put his works <laughs> above anything that Disney has ever produced, and I love a lot of Disney movies. Um, and so his son, I didn't see Earthsea, which was a movie that he made a couple years ago. It was like his big directorial debut. Mm-hmm. Um, I had heard it was not as good, but that's to be expected. Sure. Um, I will admit that, yes, this doesn't have the exact same feel as as a 
true Miyazaki film, but I still think that the style is perfect. I think that it looks like a lot of fun. Um, it definitely has that like kind of Miyazaki whimsy and charm to it. Um, you saw whatever those like weird spirit things are running through the forest. Um, there was definitely a bird that had a human face, which is a very Miyazaki thing. That's fair. Um, like there, there are a lot of like touchstones that really feel like it fits kind of within that so so to speak cinematic universe. Um, yeah. And I mean the tackling it as a series is just something like crazy unique to me. Even though I mean the majority of the anime that people consume is done in series form, the movies are actually the rarity uh, for the most part. But for some reason, like it's I don't know. I, I'm just I really for Miyazaki though. It's yeah, or for that you know that I guess yeah. That most combo. of Studio Ghibli's efforts, those are all um, those are all films. And I don't know. I'm, just, I'm really excited to see what this is. Um, and I was trying to look up the cast. I really didn't see much. Um, but I heard I think Jillian Anderson is like narrating it. Which she has also worked with him a couple times. Yeah. Uh, so, I don't know. I'm I'm excited to see where it goes. Um. Yeah. For me, I don't know. It's I get pretty excited. So I I don't quite have the same reverence for Miyazaki as as you do, but I do very much enjoy um, the films I've seen, and I've seen a, a good portion of them, five or six at least. Yeah, Mononoke is coming um, to theaters this year, by the way. Yeah, and I've seen that one and uh, Ponyo and um, Spirited Away. Yep, I've seen Spirited Away. There's there's several, um, but. That being said, and, and I really like them again, not as, quite as much as you, but I still really like them. This to me, like, felt like I was watching cutscenes from a video game. Like, it looks slightly more computer animated and not less hand drawn. Again, I don't know that. Yeah. The, uh, I don't know that all. I'm sure some of like the older films are. Some of the newer Studio Ghibli stuff, like or stuff from Nino Kuni, may is probably done in a computer. If I had to guess, mm, no. Uh, is it all hand drawn? Yeah, so like that's looked, the big thing is because he's coming out of retirement to make his first like computer animated film. Gotcha. So yeah, this felt very clearly to me computer animated it felt a little like janky like the movements were kind of uh, of the characters were a little choppy i was gonna say um, that's the only thing that kind of pulled me out of the feel of the whole yeah. thing and kind of the vibe was that the characters like go to turn and it felt like there was some it, it, it looked like there was some, a frame rate some drop stiffness <laughs> and some issues with <laughs> which, yeah, the animation the animated tv show right yeah, yeah um, it's like this isn't being rendered on my playstation right now this is a movie yeah. So. yeah and then the only other thing for me was some of the voice acting and, and those films his films when they get translated to english are very well known for getting like some pretty big name actors yeah, that don't typically dabble huge, in voice acting yeah i mean christian bale was in howl's movie Castle. Yeah, and Billy Bob Thornton was a voice of, and, in one of those and films. Mononoke and Julian Anderson, Billy Crudup. Yeah, I mean that's uh, uh, Claire Danes. Um, um, like that, I'm literally just listing Mononoke's cast right now. Yeah, because so, it was ridiculous. Um, and yeah, a lot of his films are like that. But um, this, I don't know. Again, it felt very yeah. video gamey. It, it also, I guess, maybe for me helps that one of my favorite games of all time. Um, was a video game that was done in conjunction with the studio. So, like, even if that is the case, I have that, like, goodwill in See, my mind already. this felt different from even Nino Cooney to me. And, and like I said, I mean... It's been a it, while since I've seen that. But. It could be terrible, but, I mean, I, I'm definitely willing to give it the benefit of the doubt. And, yes, I will admit it doesn't have quite as much of the whimsy. Um, I kind of would have liked to see more of the supernatural stuff that I know from that studio in general uh, built in. Because for, you know, 95% of this trailer, it is just a very much like two children in the forest playing um, thing with like some crazy like war going on between sides of a village um, yep. as far as I could tell and not the like spiritual undertaking that they usually are. So I'm, I'm, in, I'm interested. It's, it's this month. I mean, I'll definitely check it out um, for sure. So yeah, it's, it's, it's soon uh, moving on to some news. Um, most of these are going to be pretty quick. I think um, news and cancels. Of course, we'll start out with um, the affair on Showtime. That depressing motherfucker of a show uh, has been renewed for a fourth season. 
Um, the the affair still lives on. I don't know. I, I guess is it just that the first season is still going on and they just ca- are continuing maybe to call man. It new seasons? I, like I started the second season and just never did get through it. It's that show is just super fucking well made. Um, but god damn it, it's depressing and slow and it's just. Like I just couldn't continue. It's not a, a show you want a marathon, really. The commercials are, dep- are depressing and slow, yeah, so it's, it's like it's I rough. Uh, but good on them because it's it's it is super well made and well acted. Um, so I'm glad they got a season four. Uh, Men on the High Castle officially getting a season three. Damn right it is. Uh, supposedly, from what I hear from folks who watched that, and we, Josh and Evan, um, that season two was really good. So <laughs> season two is phenomenal. Um, so yeah, good for them. And, um, Disney Channel is canceling Girl Meets World after three seasons? Yep. The third season was the last. Sad day. I never saw, like, more than the pilot episode, but that show, like, Boy Meets World. There you go. Is my fucking childhood. Yeah. And and a bunch of people said that, like, this should have been on a different channel and that Disney Channel kind of Disney-fied, uh... More so than the original show even was. Yeah. The original show had, like, its moments where it hit some, like... Real dramatic times, and it, it dealt with some more uh, adult themes toward the later ends of the seasons too. Like it, a lot of people I, I saw talking about it, like likened Boy Meets World to um, like a soap opera for like young teens. Um, like obviously it wasn't, you know, like there was very much yeah, it was all about like the relationships and like um, like learning lessons and all that kind of shit. But and and Girl Meets World has that, but it's all set to like a laugh track, and it's a little more like zany and goofy and I'd it felt like the the trailers felt too saccharine like they felt too sweet and like winky in a way yeah. like it was just too cute. and they were they were and i i got through the entire 22 episode first season um and it, it got better the first episode was hot garbage that pilot was they <laughs> it was bad oh man it was fucking awful when you say I, winky is it like did you see what we just did there Kind of weird. Yeah, like, 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 uh, like, 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 they do everything but like turn to the camera and be like, huzzah! Like, yeah, okay, we yeah. did a joke. <laughs> did you guys hear that? Did you catch what we just did? Huh? <laughs> Wasn't that good? <laughs> yeah. Um, God, I want a show that actually does that. <laughs> okay. I mean, there's, it probably exists. Um, no, but it, and later on in that season, it did get a little better. And they did occasionally tackle a couple of. Um, I mean, like moments. Sh- Sean was more was the son of an abandoned, fa- like an abandoning father, you know, yeah. and he was a runaway. And like and they, they deal with some of that in the first season of Girlmates World, where he comes back, and you know, they deal with some of that stuff. But absentee father would be what I was trying to say. There you go. Thank it was you. never. Um, it was just never handled as well. And then I kept telling myself I was going to continue to keep up with it, and I never did watch any of season two or three. Um, but uh, sad day. There's been a lot of talk of someone else possibly picking this up, a Netflix, a Hulu, an Amazon, something like that, and giving it a little bit more of the reverence that it deserves. If they pick up Girl Meets World before Firefly, I'm going to fucking lose my mind. <laughs> I mean, dude, we've had this discussion. Now. I know. I'm not going to go back into it. But I think that there's it's highly more likely that they would pick up Girl Meets World before they Absolutely. pick up Firefly. Um, also, I think Netflix would should totally do it, considering the success of Fuller House. And Fuller House, as much as I don't like it, um, it very, very clearly captures the exact same tone of Full yeah. House. I just don't like it because I'm not 10 anymore. But What right. if Family Matters came back? I would be really happy about it. Um, there was some podcast I listened to that they were making like bold 2017 predictions, and one of the one of the guys said that he thought that... Like, family still matters. Specifically is Family be Matters. Announced. Yeah. Or like <laughs> Family Matters again. We're bringing family back. Family still matters. 
um, I, something like that. Th- there's a geek sheet idea there, by the way, of like Ooh. the five shows that we'd like to see get revivals. Yeah. Uh, there is very much a geek sheet idea there. Somebody should write that down. We should also probably. I'm doing like six things over here on this computer, well, so you keep track get of to our type hilarious in. titles. Um, <laughs> so far, I got three. That sounds about right. Um, Woody Harrelson uh, is in talks to join the new Han Solo solo film. This is weird. Um, not really. I mean, I, I assume he would not play a character that is already known. It would be some new character. I mean, you look yeah. at Rogue One, the first, you know, obviously our first example of a movie that's not an official episode. Um, and there was a shit ton of new characters. New um, characters, yeah. But, I mean, like aside from Saw Gerrera, who turned out to be a pretty shit character... Um, definitely or characterization. Not the, definitely not the best. Um, like, there was not really a name actor in there brought in, aside from, I guess, yes, Mad Mickelson or Mads Mickelson, but even that, like, he is somebody on the rise, so to speak. Somebody on the, like, it, it almost feels like for Star Wars, that is too big a pull for Woody eh, Harrelson. I don't know. I don't think that Woody Harrelson, like, in most living rooms, is the same name that it is in the circle we currently sit in. I, I don't know about that. I mean, like... There are some people who haven't seen Woody Harrelson in a thing since White Man Can't Jump. Or Cheers. Or Cheers. <laughs> I'm just simply saying, like, the, the casting of Donald Glover makes sense because, again, he is, he is somebody on the rise. He, is well, he has been well known to our circle for years. But with Atlanta and with uh, Childish Gambino taking off and things like that. See, like, I think with, like, True Detective and um, things like that, like, Woody Harrelson has kind of had, like... A little bit of his own like renaissance, reconnaissance. Yes, um, but not not on that level. Like no, everybody now knows who Matthew McConaughey is. I don't think that everyone knows who Woody Harrelson is, uh, or if they do, they go, "Oh, that dude from the like back in the day." Okay, I can agree with that a hundred percent. My concern would be him basically stealing all the air out of the room in any scene that he's in. Like, I think that he would like. It, it, it just depends on how they use him, yeah, how it's written. But I mean, he is such a um, He's got gravitas. Of, he has, yes, that's exactly right. He has gravitas. And but I'm I not think there are scenes in a Star Wars movie where gravitas is needed. Sure. And I mean, I think he would be perfect as like a mentor to Han Solo, like getting into the whole smuggling game or something. The, I, I think totally that would see be him rad. being that's like. his role, by the way. I think that would be so cool. I, his, his role is the mentor to Han Solo. So yeah. Okay, I did, I did I not know. I had no idea that yeah. that was. Like, it, to me, it almost feels like his Hunger Games role, <laughs> like in a way. Yeah, and I don't think he really stole the show in Hunger Games necessarily. He was great in it, but I don't think he. Like, out-acted any uh, other actor on screen. I mean, well, granted, he was also with a bunch of really good fucking actors. He was with a bunch of really good actors, and he was also supposed to be drunk almost the entire time. That's fair. So, uh, to know. be fair, Han Solo movie, he could very well be drunk this entire movie, <laughs> Yeah, too. that's true. Again, I don't think it's a bad decision. It just It's weird because it, it feels off-brand for Star Wars. It feels like a more well-known name. Like, Ewan McGregor was the biggest name to be announced at the time in the prequels because Natalie Portman didn't really have her star yet. Yeah. Um, Samuel Jackson, maybe. Liam Neeson? Liam Neeson. At that time? Like, I don't know. Uh, maybe I'm w- wrong. Like, think about Rob what Liam Roy, Neeson... Like, he was in Rob Roy, and that was, like, a huge movie. That predated the prequels. And, by and he, he was... I mean, yeah, other than that, what was he in? I don't know, man. I'd have to look it up. I want to say he was in Schindler's List. I feel like I should know that. Yeah, probably true. You should. Yeah, I, I think. Was he should. the girl in the red coat? I, I, I don't think so, but let me see. Because <laughs> I know Ralph Fiennes was in Schindler's List. 
Well, we've gone all dead silent. We have. Sorry. I killed a, the show. A, no, a, a work thing popped up, and the word police was on my phone, and I had to look at it real quick. Sorry. Oh, he was in the 1996 film Michael Collins, uh, oh, which he was You know what? Everybody that. knew about him then. Which I'm, I'm not saying everybody should. If you haven't seen that. <laughs> no, uh, no, really yeah. Good. No, but to be fair. Um, he was, about Michael Clayton. He was Jean George Valjean in, in the 1998 uh, Les, Les Mis. Um, he was in Michael Collins, Rob Roy. Uh, there's a movie from 1994 called Nell uh, that was popular. Oh, yeah, Nell. Is that Joey Foster being... Something, oh. yeah. Yeah? <laughs> uh, he was in Schindler's List. Um, I'm trying to find anything else that was really... You can't make deal. out during Schindler's List. To say no. No, no. There's... Seinfeld reference. Yeah, I know, but... <laughs> just make sure Challenge accepted. Needs. I mean... Just get ready. Jerry's parents are going to be fucking pissed. I dare anybody to come at me in that movie. Uh, <laughs> he appeared in You're more, barely Jewish. He appeared in one episode of Miami Vice. Uh, well, oh, then the definitely everybody yep. knew him. Um, Sorry, he had his star. Either way, I, I'm excited. That movie, has, I think, has, so far has got some really great casting. And given that Rogue One um, is just a really, really good fucking movie, I was initially, that was like my big thing is can they pull off these non- like canonical or not necessarily not canonical, but like these non uh, main storyline ep- right. uh, films, and Rogue One is proof that they very much can. See, like um, now I'm ready for them to get through the ones that they have right now because I, I am less interested in a Han Solo or Boba Fett solo film. Uh, Boba Fett, I'm pretty interested in Han Solo. I'm not the most interested. In. He's definitely not as beloved a character to me as he is to most. But I mean, I still think, given the the casting and everything that they have for that film so far, like. I'm really still stoked for it. I'm just not going to be stoked for it the same way I was for Rogue One. No, but, but what I'm saying is, like, I'm ready to see them, like, really explore other stuff. Like, give me an old Republic movie. Yeah, old Republic or, like, even, like... Or past Jedi. Yeah. Or, like, past episodes. I, think, uh, I don't think you'll see a lot of that in film, 11, but... Um, or, or even some other stuff. What are you... Nine is what you're nine, looking for. Nine, thank you. For some, um, now, like, for some reason, like, my mind just went... Damn. Math is hard. And, um, <laughs> no, but, like, I could even see some other stuff, like, set... In the original trilogy, like Rogue One, would be really cool. Um, I think that movie worked in part because it was able to use so much nostalgia. Um, well, yeah, for, I mean that there's literally connective tissue. Yeah, you know, between uh, the and two. some more stuff like that. I, I would be super interested in. I would rather them stay away from that timeline just because I don't want to get into the same exact argument I had about Uncanny Valley and uh, poor decisions I mean, on CG even if, usage. Even if it's like completely not not necessarily like connective tissue in terms of this, we're going to show exactly what led up to the beginning of this movie. Like, just fucking give me, like, give me how Yoda ended up on Dagobah. Like, Fleshing out the characters yeah. that we already know, but we kind of have vague backstories. A, a, a Yoda, Yoda story? Yeah, that could work. As long as they keep a lightsaber out of his hands, I'm all good. Uh, I mean, I'm cool with that. I agree that, like, I don't necessarily want, like, the tiny spinning. God, it. Him bouncing Yoda around man. like Jim Carrey is the mask. Yeah. Only he's got... literally, God. <laughs> only he has, he has a lightsaber in his hand. Yeah, but, oh, like, pretty rough. I'm cool with him being powerful, just, you know, maybe not so in that way. Powerful but... in the Force, but not with a lightsaber. You know what? I'd be fine I with mean, a movie where you. Yoda's learning to be powerful, and he gets his ass kicked most of the movie. Yeah. And there, then he has like kind of a final confrontation, and that's kind of like the pinnacle of the, the, the um, movie. Would be cool. The current Star Wars uh, Marvel run for comics, um, occasionally, like between storylines that are currently like clearly taking place between episodes four and five, um, they do this thing where basically Luke Skywalker has found like this old journal of Obi Wan's. And he like occasionally will like read a story out of it, and then like there's a whole story arc of five or six issues that deal with that story. And like one was this like crazy thing that happens on Tatooine with with uh, 
with Obi Wan, but um, the current one is just one issue in is totally called Yoda's Secret War. And I'm like, I saw the title, and I was like, fuck yeah. I don't know what's about to happen, but I'm fucking excited <laughs> about it. Every issue of that. Yeah, it's going to be good stuff. Um, anyway, uh, moving on. Archer um, will officially move to FXX instead of just FX um, with season I'm surprised eight. that didn't happen and previously. Beyond. I am also kind of surprised about that, and that's a smart move. Uh, Archer is still really good, but um, not as good as it used to be. So um, we'll see what happens there. Uh, I'm still excited for this next season, but I'm hoping they, they step it up a notch. Last season was just okay for me. Um, speaking of reboots, Charmed uh, has been officially <laughs> ordered to series weird. by the CW. Uh, at least, is, uh, they're not to series, <clears throat> I should say, but uh, they've ordered a pilot. Um, <laughs> Evan wrote because you asked for it. <laughs> Here it comes. Um, people wanted that movie to come back, or the, excuse me, that show to come back, I guess in the same way as they did Gilmore Girls and everything else. Um, There's a difference with this one, though. Uh, what's that? It's a prequel set in the 70s. Yeah, nothing about this sounds good. <laughs> no. What the fuck, man? And I, have, I, I didn't really love Charmed in the first place. It wasn't good. No, uh, Charmed was people, the thing that when you're flipping channels when you're when we were young and you're home from school because you're mm, sick and you're flipping channels. Yeah, TNT. Like, oh, I have the flu, but they're all hot, so I'm just gonna <laughs> stop it right here. Oh, like Alyssa Milano. Yeah, exactly. So you're like falling asleep to watching Alyssa Milano, but other than that, there was no use for that show in my home. Yeah, yeah. no. So, but that's the thing. So stay tuned for like our impressions. Shitty Buffy. When that exactly talk about a thing that needs a fucking. Resurgence is a Buffy the Vampire Slayer yeah, show. Yeah, because they can give Because Joss Whedon them. doesn't have shit to do right now. I mean, to Whatever be fair, what has he done lately? What has he done for you lately? I mean, to be honest with you, like, I can't remember what he's done since Age of Ultron. Is he working on anything right now? No, but I mean, that was just like two years ago, man. <laughs> give us some we time. Live in that fucking, you know of. <laughs> just we live in the here and now, products. Trey. <laughs> well, here's the thing. Here and now. Dance, monkey, dance. <laughs> well, just because whatever he's working on, he hasn't decided to broadcast it to the world. Hey, guys, I'm working on this new thing. See, and that's... That, to me, is probably one of the smartest things he could be doing. If he's working on anything, he's not telling anybody about it. Yep. So many things now, it's like, oh, we're going to make this movie. We're going to make that TV show. And then it gets delayed or gets canceled, uh, and everybody gets all bent out of shape over it. He's just keeping it quiet. Uh, yeah, and I, I, I agree. He really probably ought to just wait and go, Yo, guys, here's some shit. Gonna I made this. I'm just going to leave this here. Uh, and it'll be good because it's Joss Whedon. Uh, I hope he's writing more comic books is what I hope he's doing. Um... King and Michael Key um, has officially joined the cast of uh, the new Shane Black Predator movie. So that's a thing. Um, that movie's going to be awesome because Shane Black. It turns right. out I like all the things he does. Uh, he is incredibly talented. I like the majority of the things he does, and I love King and Michael Key. Um, did you see the like final Luther the Anger Translator that Comedy Central aired? I I, saw, I heard about it, but I have not watched it. It was funny as shit. Of course it was. I love that dude. Like, yeah, that dude's funny, but he can also do dramatic uh, fairly can... well. So I mean, and I think there'll probably be a, a spot for both of those things if I know Shane Black at all. He's gonna um, be he's gonna movie. be one of the comic reliefs. Like. Yeah, oh, I'm sure he is. But um, yeah, I mean, I'm excited for that fucking movie. Just another Predator movie sounds really cool to me at this point. It's just been enough time. That I feel like we uh, we could use another one. I enjoy all of that, so yeah. Yeah. Um, and then the Uncharted script has now been confirmed as 100% complete. Yeah. Which means now we just got to worry about casting and filming and all that other stuff. Post-production. And... It's going to be perfect. We'll see. Man. Uh, he is talking it up. Uh, Joe Carnahan, the okay, guy who's writing it. I was about it. to say, who's he? 
the guy um, who wrote it, he was like, man, if there is a more beautifully monstrous script out there or whatever, I don't know of it. This thing is awesome. It's I mean, like, to be fair, he's a bit biased. Yeah, but I mean that dude. Like, <laughs> well, but to be fair to Josh's point, from day one, like the day that people found out that he was writing it, he tweeted something to the effect of, "Don't worry, Uncharted fans, I've got your back, or I've got this, or something like that." It was very kind of full of himself. Which don't be wrong, I named my son Nathan. Yeah, I want this movie to kick ass. You know, I and want this to thing, be awesome. Man. And we've still, so we've I'm, still, I'm 100 behind it. But a video game uh, based movie, like, be as good as like. It can be. Yeah. I mean, Assassin's Creed, I have not seen yet, but from all accounts, it is not a bad movie. No. But it's not the movie that's going to, like, change everything. Well, and I feel like some of the things that have gone wrong with stuff like uh, Assassin's Creed, you know, based on the description, because I haven't seen it either, but based on what you guys have talked about here on the podcast and, and other people I've talked to. Glorious. It, they focused on, it wasn't a poorly made movie, it's just they focused on the wrong part too much like people wanted to see yeah. all the historical stuff because that's really what people buy the game for there's not yeah, a no de- one's like there's sweet, a desmond scene right well like, there's nobody on the covers of those video games there's not a dude in a harness in like you know yeah. 2016 like flying around or anything there are you know it's got the the historical characters on the front and on the back that's what people want it you know in those movies yeah i think that uncharted is a lot easier of a needle to thread um, because it's kind of just a modern day Indiana Jones. It's kind of an everyman. It's and it's just this guy who's a fortune hunter. It's not that difficult. I mean, it needs to be good, but as far as the challenge of translating a video game into a movie script, I feel like this is something where people have said for the longest, this is like playing a video game that is a movie. Yeah, it's basically like yeah. playing we're just going back Indiana together, you know. So, and he's I also, agree, this is probably easier to adapt than an Assassin's Creed is. He's also the guy who wrote Stranger Things. Oh yeah, I mean, again, I don't <laughs> doubt that the quality of the script is good, or that yeah, the his... quality of you know the movie is going to be good. I just, I'm still waiting for that breakthrough video game movie. It's called Warcraft. It, it is not called Warcraft or Assassin's Creed or any other video game movie that's ever been made. I disagree. Um, his exact quote, by the way, is if there's a more monstrously cool action script in Hollywood, I want to read it because this thing is a beast. I mean, and right. sweet, like that's totally what an Uncharted script needs to be. So oh, yeah. Yeah, and the the reports are that like filming starts soon, so I don't know if they've got somebody in mind. Um, that'll be some in- that'll be an interesting news day, the day they cast Nathan Drake. Yeah, man. Yeah, like officially. Uh, are there any rumors right now as to who's last person attached to it was Mark Wahlberg? And I'm so glad he's gone. I fucking love Marky Mark. Don't get me wrong. God, he great. is not Nathan Drake though. Like that, I I just don't feel like would have been a good fit. So I think they need a little too unknown actor to to play that role, honestly. But we shall see. Um, and then last thing here, um, Golden Globes happened on Sunday. They did. Um, just some kind of quick thoughts, impressions, any awards that surprised you uh, or anything like that? Aaron Taylor Johnson now has an acting award. That's weird. I've never thought Mostly of Mostly because he doesn't deserve one. <laughs> I've never thought of that dude <laughs> as an actor. I thought of him as just the guy who played Kick-Ass. Yeah, um, also, and also Quicksilver. Very poorly. I mean, whatever. I didn't like him as Quicksilver. It was okay. I, I like that guy. Um, but, yeah, I haven't He's seen Nocturnal Animals yet. Bit. I do really want to. Um, I was really happy. Uh, La La Land, which is my favorite movie of the year, is it set a record for the most awards. Um, yeah, um, definitely a lot, it's getting a lot of ire um, this week now that it people are saying that because it's... Because the internet? Uh, yeah, undeserving of kind of holding the uh, that title of 
winning the most Golden Globes in a single night uh, for any one film. I disagree. Um, and sweeping <laughs> its every one of its nominations. I, I disagree as well. I think it's totally deserving. The, there are definitely a couple of awards that I was surprised went to it. Uh, writing being writing was the, the only one, one. Um, because again, yeah, if you're talking about screenplay, then those songs are not included. Um, right. And there are there is good writing in there, but I mean, there I, is there is a scene of like there of award winning writing in that. Yeah, that I, I would argue, and then the rest of it's fine, it's but it's not. You know, it shouldn't win any awards necessarily. Well, but let's also remember that this is the same group of people who gave The Martian best comedy. Yes. So it, the, you, for, the you have to take press that with a grain or of salt. musical is very very weird. Um, yeah, I mean, this is at least certainly uh, classified as a, a you know as a musical, um, and and it's one of my top ten. Uh, I guess spoilers, but when it's going to be one of my top ten favorite movies of, of 2016 so i mean i'm super happy that it won the awards and i think both the acting awards were super well deserved um you know i mean there's a couple other people i totally would have been fine with winning um especially in the acting category um but i'm not like no one I, that I, I felt like i can't think of an actor that i would have chosen legitimately over him in that role like because i know you're not arguing against emma stone no, of course not. You're, She's you're wonderful and perfect in every way. Uh, Ryan Gosling. <laughs> and as much as I enjoyed Ryan Reynolds as Deadpool, that was not a thing that was going to happen. I Man, get it. I still, I still contend that it should be. There's also a large contingent of people who are convinced that thing is going to get nominated for Best Picture at the Oscars. I know, a lot of people. Because it's got a, set, um, or got a um, Producers Guild and a Screenwriters Guild. Yeah. Um, Best uh, Picture I Award desperately want that to nomination. happen. Sure, um, why not? It's it, uh, it's indeed, a great movie, but it is not that good of a movie. I I would argue. I mean, I don't think it should win or anything for Best Picture, but like, I totally think it deserves a spot. Really? Yeah, man. It's, it's ridiculous. Super, super well made. Speaking of predictions, where did everybody come down on the? Well, I lost. Obviously, Evan beat me by two. Okay. As it so, as Evan it always reigns is. supreme as always. I won uh, the Oscars last year. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> and I'm coming forward this year too. Okay. Um, no other real big. I didn't think really big surprises in terms of who won and who in, didn't. In terms of awards, no. I was surprised they paid anybody to be a host because they really didn't have him out there as a host. Yeah, Jimmy Fallon did not have a. He um, had a cool opening number. Oh yeah, that very opening, like cold open, was was amazing. Um, it was like a spoof on twenty different things that happened in movies and TV, uh, all set to the opening number from Wild Land. Uh, which kind of set the tone for the night. It turns out uh, the night um, manager winning, by the way, in like every category, it was yeah, nominated. It was more was love surprise. than 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 uh, I think people imagined for that. Um, but yeah, his like actual monologue felt very um, well. The prompter went out. Like he wasn't well, the, joking about that, right? But then even after it came back on, like all the jokes were like it's. This, I just felt like I was watching a monologue from an episode of the Tonight Show, like which yeah. is not really what you want. At the Gold Globes necessarily. I don't know, like, because when when Kimmel's done it in the past, like the majority of his jokes are Kimmel jokes. Like, I think that you do, yeah, like, you I get that personality because you want that personality, but they they just didn't give him enough to do. Like, it felt yeah. like there was like an hour and a half of screen time in between when he showed up. I think like, he was only on the screen four times. Yeah, it was re it, was it was really weird because weird you don't normally see that. Chris Rock was all over the Oscars last year. Yeah, and Kimmel was all over the Globes last year. Um, or. Was it the Globes last year he hosted? Or was Man, it? I don't remember. Sure. You're, um, you're asking Trey to remember something that happened more than a week ago. That's fair. Uh, even a week's pushing it. But, uh, I know, but I was uh, giving you a little <laughs> bit of credit. Um, and then, you know, obviously there's always some acceptance speeches that um, are in the news the next day. Um, Tom Hiddleston took some heat for his... I didn't get why. ...somewhat pretentious um, speech. He, he basically said, like, 
Um, so he's trying to talk about these UNICEF like aid workers who are helping. Um, but he was kind of like countries. raising up his own movie. But he basically said, like, I'm show. super happy that I was able to make this film so to make good. these people's lives better. And it just, oh. it was like very subtle, like, douchery. <laughs> Again, but I, mean, I, I get what he's saying, but I think what he was, like, I get what they're saying. Was, what he was trying to say was, um, you know, being told by these workers that are doing such good work that when you know in their down in their you know scant hours of downtime sure. being able to watch something that i that i helped produce means a lot yeah it means a lot and like and, that's and important. i think he was coming from a sincere place it just he chose his awards probably right. the, the, the last thing he said was i'm dedicating this award to everyone who does their best like it just felt a little condescending yeah and it, i think it probably was just a, a you know case of misspeaking and saying the wrong thing because the the spirit of i'm glad i can make something quality that people can watch when they're taking a break from you know trying to make the world a better place versus look how great i am yeah you know i, I don't think he's that kind of guy no and i don't either i mean I, I think it's if the internet wasn't a thing then yeah. no one would probably have thought yeah, a second about that but everybody awesome. overanalyzes and i don't necessarily disagree with that that analysis i'm just you know, uh, I do agree that his um, his heart was probably in the right place. Um, who else? Viola Davis had a speech that also felt pretentious because that's what Viola Davis does. It didn't feel pretentious to me this time. Not as in, much in as the past. Still, it has it been. It still does to me. She just like she's the kind of person who I feel like if I if I tried to talk to her about acting, she would literally just be like, "I'm sorry, but you just can't possibly understand my craft." <laughs> like she would just be like, "Don't even like, you simpleton." Like, I totally get that vibe from her. I, uh, I she's a fantastic actress, but she just I takes guess, it a little yeah. too seriously. She she's definitely one of the more serious people in Hollywood, but yeah, her, I, I'm okay with that. Her and Denzel, Denzel's just cuter, so I give him a pass. Denzel. Uh, <laughs> um, and then of course, probably the biggest one, uh, certainly the one that has reverberated in the news the the most is uh, is Meryl Streep. She was given um, kind of the Lifetime Achievement Award, the, the Cecil B. DeMille uh, Award. Yeah, that. Um, that the Globes give out every year, um, and through her very um, light voice, she was she had lost her voice doing something or another. I don't. I think she said on the She's something about yelling and screaming. Yeah, but anyways, um, yeah, she kind of um, took that moment to basically advocate for freedom of the press and also uh, take it pretty strongly to Donald Trump, our uh, our next president. She also spoke about inclusion. I mean, it was definitely, it was targeted and geared directly toward Trump, and like, I, I have long since I, I used to hate actors getting up there and doing that. Like, it wasn't the time for that type thing. Or, and that's certainly like, when Michael Moore opened feel. his damn trap all the damn time, because let me tell you something, <laughs> as much as I lean a certain way, I fucking hate Michael Moore. That's fine. That dude's a douchebag. Yeah, I, sure. Even <laughs> when I agree with him, I'm not happy I agree with him sometimes. God, I, I hate him. Yeah. But, like, I, I mean, nowadays, and maybe it's the severity of the the climate that we are living in now. Um, like it even, is severe. Even somebody who, <laughs> and, and as Evan has pointed out many times, I've said a horrible things about him a football player in Colin Kaepernick I agree with with the sentiment of of what he is doing and like I think that when you're taking these people and I had a long post online that I had written out that my phone fucked up and I couldn't finish so I just <laughs> deleted it um but like hashtag Josh life that room had decades <laughs> no lie that room standing there Sitting there that night had more influence in it than any ten to fifteen newsmen combined. Like just flat out, when you look, in terms of the population, the 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 
populace of this country. They pay more attention to celebrity, yep. and they pay more attention to what celebrities say. There, there were more eyeballs trained on her than any given news I, anchor. I would not necessarily disagree night. with that. Um, I don't know that necessarily like they had too much influence on the actual like election. Not on the election, uh, but at the same time, clearly. like if you're if you're going to start trying to take people outside of their own mindset, because I've often said that politics and political discussions, even though they can sometimes be civil, are a fruitless effort. You're not going to change anybody's mind. Somebody has dug their heels into the ground on their belief system, and very rarely nowadays do you see that argument turning into somebody changing their mind. But if you're going to start doing that, somebody who you have loved and respected as a an artist forever, somebody that obviously the way that this nation looks at, at celebrity, I mean, you've got that stage, and aside from just saying – Boy, wasn't I great. Kind of the same thing that Hiddleston got like shit on. Yeah. It, for her to go up there and talk about her 40-year career and her 16 uh, uh, Oscar nominations and all of these things, like that seems less important than what she had to say. And what she had to say was honest, and there wasn't a bit of falsehood behind it. Yeah, and, and I will give her credit. Um, it was actually you know, incredibly tempered. Yeah, if you can get past, um, and some people can't. I can. I, I seems like all of us here at the table can. Uh, if you can get past the the whole argument of should she even be like breaching that subject, yeah, uh, in that in that particular situation, um, assuming that you you feel like she should or that she has every right to, which which I think is the case, um, yeah, I mean she was very respectful. Um, she didn't name any names. Nope. Yep, and she she was not insulting. Like I saw someone who, um, so obviously there was some retaliation via Twitter because shocker. Yeah, because that's the world we live in today. She wasn't respectful of the NFL or UFC. But that that's was the it. one line. It was I, so weird. It Why? Was really weird. And we'll we'll talk about that in a second. But <laughs> but so um, so Donald Trump clearly had some things to say and called her underrated and um, which is <laughs> like crazy or overrated. Excuse me, because uh, you know, obviously she's like one of the most decorated uh, actresses. Not not of to, all friggin' time, but not to interrupt, but. In the shocker of the year, have you seen that people have already pulled a quote from just two years ago? Where you talked about how he was awesome being she was? interviewed in a magazine or whatever, and they were, and he was like, "So many." The re- interview was like, "Any actors that you really admire, or whatever?" And immediately, Meryl was, Streep. Meryl Streep. Uh, I don't think you can argue that she's just the best or something like that. Yeah, uh, yeah, that dude says whatever <laughs> is literally in his head at the time. It would seem, but um, anyway, uh, you know, like the the point that was, I saw made online was, well, like, why shouldn't he get to? Uh, he was attacked. Why shouldn't he he re- retaliate? But I, to me, it did very much did not come off like an attack. Like it came off as like I'm concerned. Like at the climate that we are currently, our leaders are currently. Um, well, and there's know, a huge presenting. difference. There's a huge difference when you're up there and you're not naming any names. Everybody clearly may know who you're talking about. But, but there's a level of there, class, right? And that backs it off from being an attack when you're not naming names, and yet. The first two words in Donald Trump's tweet were her name. Yeah. Meryl Streep, one of the most overrated actresses in Hollywood, doesn't know me, but attacked last night at the Golden Globes. She is a dot, dot, dot. Yeah, and, and the dot, 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 just so we don't read too much into that, is because Donald Trump now like writes tweets in like three tweet sets. Sure. <laughs> Haikus. <laughs> yeah, sure. Um, I'm, Donald Trump doesn't know what a haiku is, but that's, that's okay. I mean, it's not. He, but. Can, he can look it up on it, Twitter. Like that's the point. Like, and, and the point of her speech that, like, I think you know resonated the most is like, look, fucking people have Twitter beef every day, every single day. Every rapper you know out there has fought with somebody on Twitter. It's just a fact. 
but none of those people are trying to be in the highest the leader seat of the free world <laughs> in the land. Like they're not. And like yeah. that's what she said. Is she uh, the only way that she made reference to him specifically was in his actions in the the man asking to be the or to sit in the highest seat in our nation and then mocking a disabled reporter both of those things are fact yeah yeah there's no there's no yeah like assumption there like it's subjective as to whether or not there are probably other people who absolutely agree that meryl streep is an overrated actor like but because i don't particularly love her (laughs) so but it doesn't really matter because that's a subjective thing as to how much you do or do not like the works of a particular performer like, but like, yeah, those things that that were were brought up um, Sunday night were very clearly like things that happened that you cannot dispute, and yeah. they're not like anyone's opinion. Well, and the whole, you know, she doesn't know me, but she attacked. Yeah, it's like we all know you. We yeah. all know you now, man. Like, You've you, made it clear. You were under scrutiny for. Well, and that's the whole point. Over like, a year, you, so you get a little. We saw down. you. We saw you make fun of a disabled person at a rally. There is video of it. Like, we know who you are. We know what kind of person you are. And he, that was the point. Don't right? act like, like you're a saint <laughs> no, he was, and that nobody knows the, the real you deep down. He was acting out the groveling. Did you not hear that? Oh, man. Anyway. I don't right, care right. what he thought he was doing. <laughs> Sorry, yeah. No, it's all anyway. good. I'm going to wrap this up. Uh, I will say it was super weird that she was like, she mentioned. Um, if you kick them all out. Yeah, all you have left is football and martial arts, and those aren't really arts. And I was like. Whoa! Hold up, Meryl. Well, but see, the thing is, is she Hold knows. The fuck up. She Bruce knows, Lee was an artist, bitch. She knows who she's talking to, though, because most of the people who like actually value her opinion, who revere her as a great actress, they're like, "Oh yes, mm-hmm. yeah." I, see, I don't know that that's true, though. I loved. Like, I agree that MMA is a little more brutal. But like, like that still stems from martial arts, which are very, very Bowl, much an art thing. Yeah. The Super Bowl is the most watched thing out of every single yeah, year. because of the and, ads. And there is even though football, I love football, but I'm just saying, I like mean, that's it, the reality. Is, I mean, it is also though in general sports in general. There is like whether it's football uh, and mixed martial arts, or whether it's you know sports you didn't name soccer, baseball, whatever. Like there, like in any sport, in any competition, like there is a certain level of, especially at that level, at that professional level, yeah. Like there's a certain level of, um, like grace to those games, and there's artistry, artistry, um, totally. Like they're not arts in the same way that filmmaking is, or that I don't you know, know me- man. John Lester, is. John Lester threw a no hitter at Fenway Park. If you haven't watched the tape of that, you've not seen Shakespeare the, ma- the way it was meant to be played. <laughs> Up top for so. the Sorkin. Um, yeah, it was just a weird Kansas comment. It's the only thing in that whole whole speech that she gave that I was like, "That's the, she shouldn't have said that." That was yeah, terrible. that that might have gone too far. But anyway, let's. Yeah, I mean, overall though, move forward before I continue to. Yeah, yeah. Congrats to Meryl Streep and everyone else. Yay, everybody! In Golden Globes. <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> quickly, uh, some DC news. Um, uh, I'm honestly not sure where this stems from. I'm sure there was some news story that, that caused this. But uh, Evan has just written, stop asking Ben Affleck about the fucking Batman solo film. Oh, yeah. I shared that story <laughs> today. Uh, basically, so I actually, I can pull that quote up real quick. Well, well you, the long and short of it was that he was trying to promote another movie that has oh, it's almost nothing like, to do. with Batman. <laughs> and they are like, hey, Ben, can we talk about the Batman movie? And it was like, come on, guys. So did he lose it? Did he, like, get not pissed? Not really, no. So the, the, the big thing is over the last couple of 
days specifically, but last couple of months, he has been consistently like back and forth. We're going to shoot this time. Oh, I don't really know. Am I going to do it? Am I not? And like within the last couple of days, it's been reported he was not going to do it um, and that it was pushed back due to other you know reasons and, and things like that about sure. making it seem like he's not going to be the director. Uh, the, the quote that came out like literally today was uh, he's like, I'm going to do it. But can you guys give us a little bit of time? Like, I mean, he is literally on the press tour for Live By Night, and every question he's getting yeah. is, so how's the Batman coming along? It's weird. I mean, he's he's a pretty seasoned veteran at this point. You would think he would know, like, early on just to be like, I'm, we're not talking about Batman right now. Like, move on. I'm not going to confirm. Yeah. Because it sounds like he's well, gotten into this because he kind of feels like he needs to answer. Well, but by that same token, we just said earlier that if the internet wasn't a thing, then yeah, our, our whole civil discourse might be different. Uh, and if Ben Affleck sat up there and was just like, I'm not talking about that movie, and like went on to the next person who had a question, like then he would get lambasted in the That's press fair. and on the internet for that because it was rude. and Damned if you do, damned if you exactly. don't. Exactly. Okay, here it is. Yeah, I'm going to direct the next Batman. We're working on it. Fucking ad. <laughs> That's weird that he just said that. It's one of those things that's really frustrating because, like, with Live By Night, it took me a year and a half to write it and get it ready, and I worked really hard. It's just nobody gave a shit. No one was like, where's Live By Night? But with Batman, I keep getting, like, where's the fucking Batman? I'm like, bro, I'm working. Give me a second. <laughs> Man, I love Ben Affleck. I do, too. But, I mean, it's it's like it's true at the same time. Like, don't no. get me wrong. I want every day there to be new fucking Batman and DC news in general. I am the I am the target audience for that movie right now. Sure, but at the same time, someone has to be. That dude has made movies that I have just unabashedly loved. I really want to see Live by Night, despite its reviews. And so, sure. like, I do understand. Like, the guy is is so coveted because his movies are so well regarded. Like, let's yeah. pay attention to the most recent one before we beat down the doors while he's been filming Justice League Part One and fucking Part Two and everything else that's going on while also trying to finish this script and then figure out shooting dates. Like, eventually, we've gotten the soundbite. You know, we already know yeah. he's going to direct it or, you know, he's wavering it's or whatever. Up. Yeah, like, there is a point where the cycle becomes too vicious. Well, and I mean, he has kind of taken, brought some of this upon himself by starring in it and directing it, and probably having a hand in guiding the script. Now, I think that that probably means that once we get the next Batman movie, that it's going to be great. But I really between wait. now and then, he's going to have these frustrations of, you know, people didn't. People used to ask him, "Hey Ben, what are what are you working on next?" Yeah, you now know, it's like Batman, now, motherfucker. <laughs> which I mean, it, it's a two part. <laughs> it's a two part thing. For one thing, he started making comic book movies, and that's just the way we are. When's the next one coming out? We yeah. want this next movie. Oh, but but also, he's, but also, he's in charge of making the thing, not just starring in it. He doesn't just show up and yeah. say the words. He's there, you know, making the movie. So uh, you know, he's got a whole other a whole other level of responsibility now. I really want to live in a world in which just in like random TV shows, like there's just a flavor flave just up in the corner. He just comes up, Batman, motherfucker. Maybe he just like pops out of the side of the screen, yeah, boy. Like, like Mortal Kombat. <laughs> just... Oh man, just like a toasty, like Batman. Yeah, something like that. You know what? I would even take it as like a voiceover, like. Like you just hear it, like the the audio dips from everything else. You just hear that above all else, <laughs> and then just right back to it, like nothing fucking. All gonna be great is if there's like a big kind of like chaotic battle scene, like a a big fight in the next Batman movie, and then right as he enters, you hear that over the top of all of everybody like breaking out of fight. Batman, motherfucker! You know? And then he just goes in and kills everyone. The, the Batman does kill now. Yeah, so apparently it's a thing. Um, he kills well. Uh, sure. 
CW uh, also has uh, decided to make a Constantine um, animated television show. Yeah. Um, voiced by Matt Ryan. Uh, and on CW Seed, uh, winning my personal award for the worst goddamn name for a thing in it's TV been out ever. It's for like three years. I don't give a shit. It's still the worst. I just, I think it's got to be just porn, right? Like, CWC is just porn. <laughs> no. It's like 90s print porn yeah. vernacular. Yeah. Like, that's what we're so, dealing with here. Good. I'm less excited about this than the clickbait-ass clickbait title that was put in the story yeah. Yeah. of just CW picks up Constantine. Constantine with Matt Ryan. I was like, fuck yes. And then I read it. And yeah, this is going to be like their, their show Vixen, um, which actually the Vixen character showed up in Arrow last year, and she's yeah. terrible. Um but, like, it's, this is, like, six to ten-minute episodes. Uh, like ten-minute episodes yeah, uh, set in the universe. Yeah. So it's cool that it's in the universe. It's cool they're getting him back. Maybe if this does well, they bring Constantine back yeah. in full. But it's weird that... They're just, like, skirting around, like, what clearly every fan wants. And clearly he likes the role. This is the second time he's come back to voice it. Yeah. And he was... I don't think he signed on to that show thinking, oh, I'm going to do this for a year. Like, I, yeah. You know, like... But this almost sounds to me like, well, we the show was canceled. People seem to want to bring it back. He wants to do the voice. We already tore down and burned all the sets. What do we do now? Yeah, like, well, wait, get a bunch of guys who can draw. They keep like renewing goddamn Legends of Tomorrow. Yeah, Legends of Tomorrow needs bullshit. to fucking go. Um, like, the other, that is that's an easy way to good. bring him in. That's hot garbage. God, the, the other three shows are good, but get rid of fucking Legends of Tomorrow. Uh, they're all they're all mediocre at best. You're mediocre at best. Um, sometimes. Uh, Marvel news. Um, Doctor Strange is now the rumored is now 100 confirmed. Um, to make an appearance in Thor Ragnarok. Um, like significantly more than November. people in t- initially thought. It, it would seem as that you know, he's going to be a major player in this film. Um, it, all Marvel movies are now, even ones called Thor and Captain America and such, are just They're all giant movies. superhero movies. <laughs> well, I, I yeah, but I feel like we're kind of at that point now. I don't. Yeah. Think, I almost don't think you can, once they've all like met I, up with each other, it's like... At this point, my biggest thing is like, what happens after the second Infinity War movie? Whatever they end up calling that. Like... Where do we go from here, you know? Like, well, thanks, everybody. It's been a great ride. We'll see. <laughs> Hope you enjoyed it. Yeah, like, do they We're all just done. come out and take a big bow, and then yeah. we just stop having super? Then it starts the Dark Horse Cinematic Universe. Like, like, okay. like at the end, the, the stinger at the end is just all of the actors. Like, you get Scar- Scarlett Johansson. Guys, really, thank you so much. I really enjoyed playing this yeah. part. The, I hope you the, enjoyed the movies, and then like the next person <laughs> just goes through. Like that's the whole that's the stinger. Uh, the 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 comics are definitely like making this huge push for new characters. Like Champions is their Marvel's central new book, and it is a very young Cyclops, like from like pulled like from the the '60s comic, basically, uh, who's still like still in his teenage years. Um, Vision's daughter, like a super young Amadeus Cho, is Hulk. Um, and uh, Miles Morales is Spider-Man. It's all Miss Marvel. So it's all like t- it's a teenage, like superhero group. Here's a question though, because you know Marvel more than I do, obviously. Sure. Like, when was the last time they had a brand, like a brand new character in general, really hit? Like Miss really Marvel's stick. probably Miss Marvel, and that's been a long fucking time. No, this oh, is oh Silk. Silk, I, yeah, I don't know if hit is the right word there. I mean, she's got her own series, and it's been going for or, a couple of years now. But, like, I don't think anybody – and granted, Miss Marvel, I guess, same thing. But this isn't – like, so Captain Marvel is, like, you know, who's getting the movie made about her yeah. and everything. Civil War was a, a big Miss Marvel up. is the person that Rogue got her powers from, right? Now, this is So this is a completely new – she's, like, a very young teenager. She's a Muslim teenager. Okay, but um, so, so I guess I, I should reword. 
a like brand new, not somebody taking the mantle of an existing character. Like when has there been a new big? Marvel superhero? Shit, it's been a while. That's what I'm like. Why don't we start getting that? And even the ones that are moderate hits, Silk is a branch off of the Spider-Man universe. Yeah, and that's, like, that's, so that's yeah, or X twenty three with yeah. is, all com- is now called. She's just taking up the mantle of Wolverine. Yeah, like all so. all comics need that. Like DC, um, you know, yeah. as much as I enjoyed the new Green Lanterns book, it's still a Green Lantern story. You know, like I don't care if they have new people in the suit. I think that the thing with comics is like these characters have been around for so long, and have not been only been focused on by a kind of a small contingent of people until the last 10 or 12 years or whatever it's been like or i guess more like 16 or 20 years now um but either way like it's fairly recent and i think but like all comic uh companies had to kind of figure out what to do to like keep things fresh and for marvel it's been more of a we have all these iconic superheroes we have steve rogers and tony stark and peter parker and these guys who have been around since the 50s and 60s and so instead of coming up with all new characters, which, let's face it, are probably never going to break through in the same way that Captain America and Iron Man did, um, or Spider-Man. Like, why don't... They, they are passing the mantle. Is, is The way they're presenting it is very clearly... Iron Man, like, very clearly passes the mantle to Ruby Williams, who's the new Ironheart, which is basically just chick Iron Man, but it's, like... You know, it's a technically a completely different named, totally new character. Like, you know, who's the Steve Rogers did that with Sam Wilson and for some reason Captain I can't America. remember the, the gay superhero um, in DC. Yeah, Midnighter. Yeah, yeah. Like that is a character that had not existed until very recently. Yep. And how many people do you think know about Midnighter? That's what I'm saying. Though I like, only know about it because I love the gays. <laughs> that is true. You do. <laughs> but I'm saying, like, why don't like why don't these companies? And I stopped like, reading that book. Why don't these companies, and especially now with what Marvel is doing, if you're going to be doing all of these crossovers and like every fucking movie is an Avengers movie, why not try and get something off the ground that is a brand new character that like, is they, introduced in the comics, yeah. but then they like put a real big push in and it. And they do have some new characters. Like there's a character named Pod who's pretty relatively recent. It's like this crazy android. This is, girl is like, like lives Pod inside from of her. Game of Thrones? Uh, no, nothing like that, Pod. God, um, he fucks less. Fuck but. Uh, <laughs> Or she, I should say. Um, no, but like, uh, so like, I don't know if Viv counts. She's, like I said, she's the very recently made daughter of Vision, but she is technically a whole new character. Um, yeah. Are her powers the same? Uh, there's pretty similar. God damn it. <laughs> okay. Well, let me just say this, though. Let me, let me say this because I can see both sides of the coin. Um, what I would love to see happen is what Josh is talking about. And when they do that in the comics, Stop with all of the like. There's five million different Guardians books. There's five hundred different yeah. Spider-Man books. No, comics need don't get me wrong. Don't get, don't get me wrong. I like the fact that there's something out there for everybody. You can kind of find the yeah. the version that fits you. Or you can read it. Try to read it all or, like me. But yeah, that's all. You can kill yourself. By the way, I, I want a, a comic book, all the comics part two podcast episode it's gonna happen soon yeah good. civil war 2 descended it's it we're due good it was like the worst night of my life just sitting in that kitchen for like four <laughs> hours waiting for you guys to be done i want that spreadsheet by the way um <laughs> you guys had with all of the, all the books on it but oh yeah we've, what, we like, just created a new one what to read in what order but um the hard thing for me is someone who grew up watching the cartoons that were made out of the comic books and not actually reading the comics themselves because growing up here in chattanooga um when i was a kid the places that sold comic books you would not want to take a child in there. No, yeah. Like they were creepy yeah. as hell and dingy lit, and it was not a good scene. So 
now for me trying to hop on, it's difficult to figure out what to read in what order. And some of the digital stuff has helped with that. Yeah, there's both uh, Comixology, which is yes. just everything uh, that's not DC or Marvel, basically. Yeah. And it does have some Marvel stuff in it and DC stuff. But um, And then the Marvel app. Like, there's the straight app. up a new to comics start here yeah i've got a um, i've got a marvel unlimited account but it's and i i do read some a lot through that but um i see why they're not doing something like that where they, they try and come up with a new batch of characters yeah because you're taking a gigantic risk and it's a safe thing to say we don't need a new character to hit big like captain america we have captain america so while i understand why they're not doing it i would love to see them do it like josh is saying make a big push and the big push would be hey guys Simplification. We're going to cut down on the number of cat books, the number of Guardians books. The number. I don't of... think we need twelve Spider Men. I know that you want twelve Spider Men. Well, Spider Man is is what's out of hand, to be honest. Like, so it there is. is there is only one Guardians book now. There is there's only two Captain America books, and um, but like even but like... there's a bunch of Avengers books. Like there are like six Avengers teams right. still, and then yeah, Spider Man. Holy shit. Yeah, Spider-Man is really con- Even for confusing. me, it's out of hand. Yeah, it's really confusing to try and keep up with. And and they've dumbed it down a little bit in, like, yeah. last year. My, my thing is, like, if, like, even when we get these new characters, like, do they need to be just somebody else stepping up into that mantle? Like, why not just I mean, not get rid of Steve Rogers and bring in somebody else? I think like, what they really ought to do, and, and they've, I mean, so Inhumans, the big push when Marvel tried to bring in Inhumans and stop uh, with X-Men, which didn't work out very well for them case in point i guess but um when they did that there's a shit ton of uh in humans i mean now that we're kind of sitting here talking about it my memories jog civil war 2 which is this you know the most recent event series that um that marvel just wrapped up with it, it is all based around a brand new inhuman named ulysses who can see the future and that's literally what like causes the conflict that civil war 2 is all about um granted he's not going to be around any longer but like <laughs> he served his purpose kind of thing but there are all there are a bunch of new inhumans that came out of this whole thing and just the inhumans research no one i couldn't even name most of them like and i read and, and like like i guess that's where i'm getting books. like that's where i'm getting from is like if they like if they really wanted to make new characters then that could be what's next like in infinity war 1 and 2 bring in a character who is like literally brand new like put your best people behind it and put bring in a character. Doing a new character in the movie would be very interesting. Like, that's what I'm saying. Like spawn that comic series off of that, so that you get an you get an origin film. That's like it also point. gives them a reason to make another origin film rather than us getting yeah. the 55th version of Spider-Man or the Hulk or whatever. Yeah, I'm really happy they're not doing that with Spider-Man this time. But <laughs> but it also kind of looks like they are a little bit. I know they're not, but like it's still. High school Peter, and it's still like yeah, but there's not going to be. I don't think yeah, there's not going to be a sequence where he gets bit, bit by, by a spider, spider and Thank Uncle God. Ben dies. Like um, Ben's dead. Yeah, and hopefully we don't talk about him a lot. Yeah, but at the same time, it's one of those things where I don't know. It just seems like there are there are a ton of characters already out there in both the DC and Marvel universes that most people don't know about, um, and it's probably because they're not strong enough characters. And the problem that you run into trying to create new ones is just what you were talking about with uh, Vision's daughter. It's like I create a new character, even if it's not like the direct spawn of one of the other characters. It's like, oh, that guy's like Beast, or that guy's like Cyclops, yeah. or that guy's like... Every person I keep thinking of is like, 
somebody else. Yeah, based on some other character. And and that's just one of those things where after all the years of comic books that we've had, it's, it's hard to come up with it's new hard to come up with new powers. I get that, but I mean, I feel like they've got the creative geniuses to be able to do it. Like they've put together a universe already that is incredibly diverse. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I I, I, just, I think it would be a cool idea. Um, just because you had asked what comes after Infinity War, and like, yeah, I started thinking, it was like, I don't really want some of these B and D list characters that are Marvel. Like, oh, I, I, I do. Like, I think a Champions movie at some point would be badass. Um, I don't know how you do it because some of those characters are X Men, but um, that would be. I think that would be really neat. But um, yeah, I mean, uh, I totally. I think probably the the biggest characters, and granted, they weren't big until the movie, but like Guardians of the Galaxy was not created that long ago even in the comic universe i mean yeah. I, I, I less than 20 years ago they, yeah they're probably the newest like brand new characters to really hit big for marvel yeah well they only hit big for marvel because of the movie yeah the, those but, but were I mean, those were f-list characters they the were still universe. books that were being produced though i mean not for a long time before the movie i thought they were mm -mm. Like you guys have actually had this conversation on the podcast before, <laughs> uh, that they there hadn't been a there was not a current or anywhere close to current Guardians book before yeah. the movie hit. Um, and you know they've they've done that with a few things, but anyway, um, last two little bits of of uh, Marvel news. Kind of speaking of Guardians, James Gunn um, said uh, this week this past week that he had uh, pitched an idea for a Moon Knight movie. Speaking of D list characters, um, <laughs> emphasis Marvel. on the D. Uh, <laughs> Uh, I like Moon Knight a lot. His new book is awesome. Um, that character, I think, is uh, pretty underrated. But And I think that James Gunn certainly could do a fantastic movie, given what he did with Guardians. Uh, also, uh, Vincent D'Onofrio uh, immediately was like, yo, dog, I want in on that. Um, which would be weird, only because there's some conflict with him already being a character in the Marvel Universe. Yeah, no, um, I, you can't do that. <laughs> yeah, I think I think Marvel would probably shut that down. I would hope so, anyway. Um but anyway, um, thought that was interesting. Yeah, I, I, again, I've always, seen cool. him, I've always seen him as in the Netflix universe. But yeah, I, I definitely think that Moon Knight works better in, in, as a Netflix series than it does as a film. But um, you know, again, after Guardians, kind of anything's possible. Uh, and then uh, Sterling K. Brown, who has most recently become very famous for his role uh, in The People versus O.J. Simpson, opposite Courtney B. Vance, indeed. Uh, <laughs> Uh, has joined the cast of Black Panther, um, making this like the most awesome like list of very amazing African American actors on a screen like, at one time in a film, maybe ever. But they're missing that one. It, yeah, they are. Michael B. Jordan, indeed, oh, man. the one and only. Um, yeah, I, I fully believe that even if he's not credited, he will <laughs> just in the background. Yeah, he'll be in there somewhere. I'd love for there to be like an airport scene or something, and <laughs> like. <laughs> He's just like walking through, and you just kind of get like he pauses and like looks over at somebody. Oh, it'd be amazing! Just like a little cameo. I'm just saying, you can't get this caliber of actor together and not get Michael B. Jordan in on it. Um, but yeah, so I mean, again, another great actor added to uh, what I'm sure will be an awesome movie next year. So we have that to look forward to. Um, and with that, we're going to take a quick break and uh, listen to a word from our sponsors. And then when we get back, we will talk about some what you're watching. Batman, motherfucker! Howdy, partner. You thirsty? Tired of going to bars and not going home with that sweet little filly you've had your eye on? 
sick of wasting money on that some bitch therapist because you're a goddamn pussy. Here, take a shot. Double barrel whiskey. Made from the best shit on God's green earth. It's got everything a grown man needs to wet his whistle and his pecker. Order it at your local water and hold a day. Unless you're a fucking Democrat. Fuckers. Double barrel whiskey. A cool motherfucker in every glass. The following is a legal disclaimer. We were told to have this legal disclaimer by our lawyers, even though it makes us feel like a bunch of queers. Legal disclaimers are handy, though, like your mother's butt in my face. Pregnant women should not use double barrel whiskey, not because of health concerns, but because your life is over and we want to target better people. Again, legal disclaimer. Drink double barrel whiskey, you dickless sissies. Legal disclaimer. Call it. Can't sue. Five. And we're back. Aw. Fuck your counting, Josh. Five. Four. We're, we're still back. That was great radio right there. We're still back, and also I did it early you on son purpose. You bitch. I feel like it was a good break, Trey. It was. Uh, some would say that it's always a good as break. As per usual. As always, Trey. As always, Justin. Oh, he can as do it? As always. He's not you. <laughs> so, yes. As always. You can, nope. say, you can say it. It just angers everyone listening. No, they don't care. Yeah, we do. As an avid listener of this podcast, it's just you, Josh. I'm going to get your feedback on something. Remind me later. Yeah. Um. Anyway, uh, we're back. Thanks, sponsors, for selling the shit you always sell. Um, <laughs> every week, week in and week out. Hey, uh, <laughs> Trey, are we gonna get uh, B. Arthur's sweet and sour sauce as a sponsor of the show? Because when Chuck came up with that, I was driving up one fifty three. That and, and Mobile, <laughs> and there's all kinds of yeah. But I'm just saying that that when Chuck came up with that, I almost wrecked my car and died. I was literally I was not breathing at that point. So I was laughing that hard. Maybe Chuck's sick ass can write some <laughs> commercials between dude fucking. I was gonna say he's uh, a little busy right now. Well, you know, when I said he had pure evil coming out of both. Ends earlier. Yeah. I was, of course, you know, speaking biblically. Of the... <laughs> Jesus Christ! I'm just um, kidding. I'm uh, very so liberal, Justin's, and I also love the gays. Justin's beliefs do not reflect those <laughs> of the Free for All podcast or FreeForGeeks.com uh, or myself in particular. That was a joke, and it doesn't reflect my. That was not my belief. I was just saying <laughs> that to make a joke. Again, that's free. The number four Geeks.com. Yeah, you're uh, welcome for that. By the way, you stole Justin's line there. That's my line my thing like you stole my line as always ago. trey god i hate you man uh he's the worst can i just can we make it to where he's not here and then chuck and evan come back and it's the four of us i mean if an accident were to happen <laughs> you know that's like been a legit fear for me for like a long time that these assholes that are gonna, we're gonna, get gonna murder frustrated. you no that you guys are gonna get frustrated and try and kick me off they're just gonna disappear show. him like all of a sudden josh is no more i don't know who this, who, who like this in josh my head <laughs> In my head, you, Chuck, and Evan have had side text conversations about what it would take to kick me off this yeah, fucking show before. we get rid of this motherfucker. <laughs> that does not happen. Uh, I can confirm. I kid. Uh, as someone who has uh, been a part of those conversations, I can firmly deny them. Uh, let's talk about <laughs> that. <laughs> Wait, you just confirmed and denied them in the same. That's... We need to work on that. That's not. I know what I'm doing. Okay. There's uh, smokers okay. and nutcrackers in that one, by the way. Yeah, smokers I see that. and nutcrackers. Two of my favorite things. Um, that one's everything, and that one's outside. Justin, Josh, yo, yo. tell me about the Mick. <laughs> no, no, no. We can. It's... I-, I was going to say, all right, Josh, Josh, you go first. Yeah. So this is um, a, a Fox 
can we call it a comedy? Um, I don't know. I, it, I think it. it's supposed to be a comedy. Yeah, starring that girl from It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia. What's her name? Uh, Caitlin. I don't, I don't know why. It's Caitlin Olson. There it is. Yeah, Caitlin Olson. Uh, so this is we we talked about this when the trailer premiered, but she is just like your kind of everyday. My name is Earl Style. White trash. Um, like this show opens up with a montage of her walking through the grocery store, just basically taking whatever she wants and using it, and then walking out without paying gotcha. for anything. Um, just like cracking it with a bag of chips, kind of thing. Yeah, like I've always wanted to do that. Al Bundy on. I wish like, I could be that rebel. <laughs> <laughs> like if Al Bundy were on track, like on crack or something, you know, like gotcha. just like the worst person. Um, and she goes to visit her sister, who used to be a stripper, but then married up, and way, way, way up. Yeah, like in like the Hamptons. And her sister and their er, her husband basically get arrested for, I guess, tax evasion or some sort of something along those lines. Some yeah. kind of white collar, collar crime. crime, yeah. Uh, and she then is put in charge of her, like the three shitty children, basically. Um, okay. And like, gotcha. it, it is like just this, you know, fish out of water. Oh, she's in Richville, and like it's just so bad. It's the the comedy was awful. I laughed at one time, and it was literally during the credits of the of the first episode. All right then. Yeah, it kind of feels like the whole fish out of water thing, you, if you described it a certain way, the idea of, you know, she has to take over care of these kids and she's a fish out of water. If you pitched it a certain way, that could sound like really charming and maybe kind of cute for like a real family show. But she's like the way that they've done all of the press for this. She's a foul mouthed cigarette smoking. Like, you know, she's basically she's white trash and she's trying to take care of these kids who are used to being pampered and being rich. Right. And I think she's really funny in It's Always Sunny. Yeah, she's not my favorite character for no, sure, but she is she's well, good. No, obviously not, but I think for what she what her character is supposed to be on that show, she's she always does a good job. Sure. Uh, so I don't think this is a situation where she's not good. I feel like the premise and the writing just aren't there. There are so many stupid moments like she like the youngest kid is like playing hooky with her the first day and they're just walking through the park and like so there's nobody in this park anywhere except for this adult woman and very small child and they stop in front of an ice cream stand and she literally walks over dumps some of her liquor that i guess she has in her flask in the trash can that is five feet from the ice cream vendor pulls out a a book of matches and lights it on fire and then the vendor like apparently pretends he doesn't see her do it and runs to put the fire out while she steals ice cream for the kid like okay, yeah. what, like why what and like there are so many dumb moments that like no real human being would do either. Like the kid literally tells her, "I'm allergic to ice cream." She's like, "No, it'll be fine," and gives him ice cream. And then turns out he breaks out into hives. Like it's, it's like lowest common denominator. Like sure, with the worst like the worst characters. The oldest daughter, who is the like environmentalist, is just annoying and yeah, awful. Absolutely. Like, oh, we stole the fucking mascot. Okay, thanks. Saved by the Bell. Like, you know what I mean? <laughs> it's really it's, funny though because I think she was in one of the worst season premieres, which was always also a, a series premiere. But then she was also in the It's Always Sunny premiere, and it was really good. So. Yeah, uh, and yeah, that's actually exactly what we're about to move on to. Um, I meant to watch this, even though I do not like that show. You don't typically, but uh, you do admit that you like the. Uh, I-, I saw like famous half of us. that show. And move the goddamn dumpster, you goddamn bitch, was really funny. <laughs> it Man, it is still remains the funniest and best episode of It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia. Um, but uh, new season started this past week. Yep. Um, and, man, it is probably my second favorite episode of this show ever. So every episode, you know, in, in classic um, sitcom style, every episode is named similarly. 
Uh, and so, you know, all sunny, always sunny episodes are named. The gang does something or goes yeah, yeah. somewhere, does whatever. Yeah. The, the, gang, the one where, the, yeah, I was yeah. gonna say like Friends, the one where, blah blah blah. Yeah. Um, and so this is um, the gang turns black. <laughs> is it turns or goes? Uh, I think it's turns black. But okay. either way, um, reg- regardless, it, that is literally what happens. So this is a musical episode of It's Always Sunny, which, to my knowledge, is the first time they've done that. Um, I usually like musical episodes. And, yeah, which is why, but between the fact that this is one of the the better episodes of the show and it's a musical, I thought you would enjoy it. Um, I may still give it a shot. They fall asleep on the couch. Um, or actually, they get um, they get electrocuted. They get electrocuted. Yes, by an electrical blanket. It was very like nineties um, sitcom, like late eighties, early nineties sitcom like style. Every, yeah, okay. like like the kind of crazy zany you know premise for the for the episode but it was uh, good. yeah and then they they yeah. um go look in the mirror and they're all um black people uh charlie day is like as a super young black kid and then like all i'm the assuming rest of with actors not in blackface right like when they take it like when they the camera is looking at the mirror it is like very clearly a completely different cast of of people okay. uh, who are a different race <laughs> and then then they'll cut back to the the normal always sunny crew um gotcha. And so, like most of the time in the musical episode, it's it's the normal cast, um, like the, the cast that you always see. But then occasionally, like one of the very first things that happens is they go outside and they're trying to like figure out what's going on. And Dennis doesn't have his keys, um, and so they're trying to get into Dennis's car. And then the cops roll up, and of course, yeah, yeah, and like everybody's got their own like different thing. Like, um, uh, you know, Charlie is like trying to like. Be cool about everything or whatever. Um, and in classic Charlie Day fashion, I bet he is not cool. No, he's not cool about anything. No. Uh, and then like one of them is trying to figure out like what does this all mean. And so every time anything happens, oh maybe that's the lesson here. Uh, and then they're like trying to figure out what movie. Yeah. Uh, basically, all this is they happening. Kind of, they split up at the beginning, and half of them are thinking we need to figure out what this all means because there has to be some sort of meaning behind this happening. The other half were basically thinking that they were going to follow the plot of the Wiz. Uh, and the remake of the Wizard of Oz, and that was going to be how they got back to normal. Uh, and then at one point, like Quantum Leap. Um, yeah, Quantum Leap makes a, a very prominent appearance. Which I love the fact that they kept saying instead of calling him old black man, since they were all black, they, they, they just, just call like, him old no, man. No, you just call him old man. And Danny DeVito, Danny DeVito really wants to say, to say the, the N word. <laughs> He's like, it could be my only chance. Uh, like he sings a little song about it, how it's going to be his only chance to say a bunch of, you know, basically. Uh, stereotypical black phrases. Well, all right then. Um, yeah, and then uh, at one point Scott Bakula shows up. Um, oh, okay. Well, shit. <laughs> yeah, and that's when I was like, well, this is officially one of the best episodes of this show ever. Um, yeah, man, the whole thing uh, is just really, really good from beginning to end. It's super funny. I don't want to spoil kind of everything, but... Cool. Um, it's definitely worth watching. I, I yeah. haven't followed it sunny uh, as, consistent, as consistently as I would have liked, uh, but... Of the episodes I've seen, this was my favorite. All of the comedy hit for me. There were they weren't any slow moments or down moments where you felt like things were like, "Come on, let's get it going." Yeah, it was the whole thing. And I laughed out loud a lot more than I normally do lately. At it's always yeah, sunny. I laughed out loud more at this than I probably have anything so far this year. Um, cool. And then also an FX um, sitcom that uh, came back this week, um, "Man Seeking Woman." Oh yeah, yeah. Which is, um, you love that show? Yes, I watched this too. Um, yeah. Have you ever watched any of this previously? I haven't. No, I've, I've listened to you talk about it and I've seen some previews and stuff. Uh, I, I thought about trying to marathon 
and catch up, but I just decided to watch the. Pre- yeah, and you should go back, assuming you liked the, what you saw. I did, um, but it's very much self-contained in each episode. Uh, yeah, to an extent. I mean, there's a there's small plot points that that move forward throughout the season, but nothing ma- major. This is uh, Jay Baruchel's baby. Um, so, what's the metaphor this time? Yeah. So, for those who have not heard me talk about it before, Man Seeking Woman is basically taking different. Um, kind of metaphors that you would use for different dating situations um and then like actualizing those metaphors in like a very prominent way um so this is uh jay burchell's character and i forget the name of his character in the show all of a sudden but um he is dating this girl and it's getting pretty serious and uh it actually made me josh think of, i'm sorry josh is his name oh there you go <laughs> um uh it made me think of you because in we've been in kind of the flip uh role of of this episode uh, okay you and me as roommates uh he is okay. dating this girl and she has f- three other roommates and he is there a lot and um not that you disliked britney being there necessarily but um, fucking hated it <laughs> wow let her know um <laughs> holy shit <laughs> colin has been thrown um no but anyways stuff's getting real they, on the free-for-all podcast they definitely uh do not like him um at all and so it basically turns into um, he becomes an illegal immigrant, and they set up like border c- patrol, like <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, <laughs> to make sure he doesn't get into the apartment. <clears throat> and like they're all like saying these things that like white people definitely say when they're like trying to like be casually racist about like illegal immigrants. <laughs> yeah, e- exactly. And they did that perfectly. Okay. Um, it was amazing. The girl who did did you watch the first season of How to Get Away with Murder? I did. The girl who plays the kind of gothy looking drug dealer girl. The one who they thought was the murderer? Yeah. Okay. She's the she plays the girl who and it took me a minute because she looks like cute and normal, like somebody around our age that we might meet or know. Um, and I was like, dang, I know this girl. Where do I know her from? And that's where I that's I had where the same I feeling. From. I didn't realize um, that I didn't do the, I had to, the research. That's that's why my phone stays with me. Every time I start watching a show, IMDB is my best friend. <laughs> <clears throat> but yeah, it was all of the things that, that white people say. Trey hit the nail on the head. It's all the things that are like politically correct sounding, like you're trying to preserve something that is good and that is wholesome, when really they're just being assholes and they don't want Jay to be there, yeah. the Josh character to be there. Uh, and then the second part of the episode is basically um, they move in together to get past this yeah, whole yeah. border control thing. Um, and she's like, yeah, like your uh, apartment is totally great and it's totally fine. And then her super judgmental friends... Um, Colin want to come over and she like freaks out and like wants to change like dismantles everything. like yeah. like literally has him like saw the futon into pieces he calls and, like, his futon dropping foodie in. and he's all like he gets like legit emotional that he has to She's, get like, rid of it dropping pieces of furniture into like a bucket of acid he keeps, like, saying, he keeps saying things like, like he keeps saying things like well you can sit on it like a couch but it also turns into a bed so it's like getting rid of two things <laughs> and, like every time she says something to the futon he's like yeah but it's like two things so is that Something that the show has started to do more often lately is, I mean, because that's not a dating metaphor. That is just a metaphor taken literally in general. Oh, yeah. So I, I guess it's not so much dating as, as a relationship metaphor. Yeah. So it, like it's still time... dealing with relationships. And he's been in some, like, he had that episode where he got into a long-term relationship last season. Um, but he was doing it because he had finally decided to just settle. And he didn't really, like, like this girl that much. Yeah, but, I watched and, that episode. Yeah, it was the whole when thing. he fucked the car. Yeah. Uh, well, he didn't fuck the car. But um, I mean, no, really... he did. He, then he also walked in on the or car I guess, getting yeah, double yeah. teamed. Yeah, yeah. 
I was gonna say I don't know that you actually saw him. I'd be really it, interested to see. I know that I haven't seen the last se- the previous season, and I'd like to go back and watch that. What I'd be interested in seeing is now that they're living together, like. I don't know where they're going to take it from here. I liked her, and I like them together, and their relationship. I imagine like it won't it was... last long if I know the show. Okay, but which didn't end with them breaking up because it seems like usually no, no it, it, it ended on a very happy like, note. They were very happy together, and they worked well together. The, so, but the I can also see good. we're in the third season. I can see them like this season being like progressing it, uh, progressing it, and being again a bunch of metaphors um, and and kind of common situations about like. Long term relationships. Yeah, long term relationships, or even just the start of a long term relationship yeah. versus the dating scene that it has been. To me, it seems like they and could. And I would do, be cool with that. Not, not to make a comparison because these are very different shows, but um, in the league, Jenny and Kevin, you know, you got a lot of like these taken to the extreme uh, situations that happen between married couples. Some of them should never happen between any married couple, <laughs> but that you was all. It's, but it was all in service of the comedy, right? It was all in service. See, <laughs> <laughs> <Sea> Biscuit. <laughs> Unclean. Sorry, wrong couple. But um, I could see them. Yeah, I, I could see them taking a lot of these long-term relationship things and then doing the same things with them, like the whole illegal immigrant thing. I would never have thought of that. But the minute they started playing that out and doing it so literally, like with a guard gate, with like the lowered, yeah. like raised lowered, it's a super it cool idea for perfect. It was I, a, it was a perfect I metaphor. Could, I could see them doing something like you know being in a rut or the seven year itch type thing. Like. Yeah, th- there's a lot of things they could play with. I mean, there are so many cliches in. In like long term, dis- uh, long term relationship. Yeah, in, in all in all aspects of of yeah, yeah, you know, uh, being a partner with somebody that I, yeah, there's a lot that they could do. I'll just say um, for anybody who hasn't watched this show but is listening to this podcast, uh, this was the first episode of the of this show that I watched. I loved it. I'm going to go back and catch up. Uh, but you don't have I, to. And I plan on. And but you don't have to. This literally starts off with this guy that it doesn't matter if you know who he is or what he's been through so far. Um, if you've listened to this podcast at all, you know enough about the previous seasons. He's had a hard time meeting the right girl. Yeah. And that's really all you have to, to start with. It is. Uh, and this is a great episode of the show to start with because it's, it's really enjoyable. Yeah, it's, he, it's one of the smartest shows on TV, I think. Maybe he would have met the right girl if his voice sounded normal. That's fair. I, uh, I got to say, my, my, I have two boys, and they've been uh, – I bought them the How to Train Your Dragon uh, one the best two movies. movies. Um, they were bundled together through iTunes, so I bought them together, and um, – I've my house has been full of Jay Baruchel's voice, like the Jay Baruchel mixtape all day long. Yeah, man, it's and it was like when I when he first started like on screen with that with the show, I was like, oh shit, it's that guy. (laughs) But yeah, he does have a very interesting and unique voice. Man singing woman significantly better than How to Train Your Dragon. Okay, fuck off. Did you see that? What um, what is? Man said man singing woman is significantly better. I would say that those are two completely different things. And yet, somehow, but it is still better than How to Train Dragon, like most things. Did you see that at Kanuga there's going to be a full life-size Toothless? Cool. Oh, that'd be awesome. Right? There's I got to take somebody like, cool sitting design. on it. We need to talk awesome. about off air what you guys are doing this year because I might come down with yeah. bring bring the boy for yeah. part of the day and we'll be there. He'd be super stoked to D- definitely different this year, but we are going to be there. Cool. Um, Josh, talk to me about travelers. Yeah, so I've watched two episodes of this show. This is a new Netflix uh, series. Oh, I watched the first two episodes, too. We can yeah, talk about it. it is. So I didn't finish the second episode, Okay, sadly, we'll just talk about the first one. Um, it is a super cool in premise, but I'm not like like quite hooked on the show yet. Not loving the execution. Um, so it is a time traveler show. The hook is really cool. It kind of gives me a like 12 Monkeys movie vibe. Is it That's anything like Sliders? No. No. Oh. So the the way that time travel works in this universe, or at least from how they are set up, is um, 
right as somebody is about to die in history, they send back the consciousness of somebody from the future. So, Ooh. like, the the show opens up with, like, five or six people getting ready to die. Like, one guy's getting ready to OD. Um, one woman who works at a library gets, like, jumped by a gang outside. And, like, as she starts to die, there's, like, a counter that comes up on screen and it starts counting down to time of death. And then, like, right as it happens, there's this, like, high-pitched noise in their head. And then the counter starts going up from zero. And it's the consciousness of somebody from the future. Um, that way they're not altering anything that happened during that person's life. They're yeah. just using their body yeah. and so, so transmitting yeah. their consciousness they're, forward they're not, back in time. Hopefully, affecting too many things. Butterfly effect. Uh, sure. they, they are too like supposed to be there on a specific mission to uh, transmit information of some sort or stop some sort of event from happening. Um, it, they, the the premise and it gets a little more fleshed out as the episodes go. And I think I've watched three episodes now. Okay, uh, they're just generally it's it's not something like timeless where they're chasing this guy back through yeah. history trying to stop him from altering things. They're just going through, and or at least the, the this core group that we're following in the show, they're trying to go back and save lives um, and stop kind of horrific accidents from yeah. happening. So, like, very um, much in the 12 Monkeys vibe where yes, they were to go yeah, back definitely. and stop the virus from being released. Yeah. Um, Only this is a little more general, which I think is kind of cool because it lets them do kind of whatever like they want. What, yeah. But at the same time, I'm with you. I'm not sold yet. One of the coolest things, though, is uh, the the library girl. Um, she – so the, the way they get their information from people dying is not from historical record, so to speak. It's from social media. Um, Interesting. Or at least, uh, or at least that's, that's one yeah. part of it. But for her particular profile of who she was going to take over, that was – the majority of their information was gleaned from her social media account. And it, and it turns out that it was a fake social media account made up by her social worker because she was a mentally challenged woman. And so whereas nobody saw her – like – live when she should have died her social worker starts coming to talk to her and she is now this fully cognizant um like incredibly intelligent woman and she has no idea for like almost the full first episode why he thinks this is so crazy that she is like normal because like hmm. she was having she, he was trying to teach her how to read and she was having like she was having to like a small child sound out the words and suddenly she's reading you know stuff off of the front page of the newspaper with you know large complex words that no child you know she should not be able to right. uh, and recognize or sound out and her facebook profile was like an experiment in teaching her about social media so they created a fake profile and that's what the uh, the travelers used to create her own profile like it's it's a it's like i said yeah really cool in premise and that actually really quickly just to before we kind of wrap up that point actually ends up having some ramifications because due to the fact that that woman's brain was handicapped yeah um she starts experiencing problems like she has seizures yeah there is a seizure like she in the could first blow the the body out basically because she's uh, like over the course of a few seconds like more than doubled her iq and it's it's straining the limits of what that person's mind is able to yeah handle. and the kid the kid who is about to od like he's actually getting like detox he's trying uh, to kick yeah. yeah so like there there are some physical like actual attributes from these people that are like sticking with them which is really cool um will from will and grace is one of the actors it's random which that guy kind of has procedural face 
It took me forever to realize who it was that I was looking at because I was like, that guy has to be in like no. 13 years of Law and Order. I agree with you that he does have procedural face. I, I immediately you recognized see, him I from only Grace. watched like three episodes of that okay. show. Okay. Well, it was really funny, and yeah. Megan Mullally is a national treasure, but that's not the point. Um, <laughs> no, I agree with you. He does kind of have procedural face, and I love procedurals, but it – for me, it's even harder because I've watched you know, enough yeah. Will and Grace that I'm. He doesn't have that kind of I'm a leader and I'm going to lead this group of people yeah. sort of gravitas that seems to be something that would be required for that role. Yeah. So yes. how many uh, episodes is this? Twelve. Yeah. It's good. Yeah. Netflix needs to Ooh. stick with the ten. Yeah, or you know, six. <laughs> I, um, I'm willing to, you know, when I don't have anything else to watch, you know, I'll definitely probably continue with it, at least for the first season, to yeah. check it out. I'm going to give it a fair shake. I'm definitely going to try it. I just didn't get a chance to um, this past week, but I'm going to take a look at it. Um, cool. Uh, Emerald City. I don't know. Do we all watch that? Did I wanted to. I did not get a chance. Uh, you didn't miss much. I watched the trailer. Um, did How you bad? like it, Josh? No, I fucking... This is so. I don't think I'm at your level. It sounds like this is like. my die on a hill worst show of the year next year. Wow. I hated it. Get, get ready for a fight there. It's not that bad. <laughs> um, so yeah, Emerald City is obviously, uh, if you, you hadn't guessed by the name, um, is a new take on The Wizard of Oz. Um, it is very clearly a modern day telling. Um, I, I was talking to Evan about this earlier it's like in the Game week. Game of Thrones meets Wizard of Oz. Yeah, kind of, but not good. No. Um, <laughs> I was going to say Game of Thrones, Wizard of Oz, a pile of shit. On NBC. Mix it yeah, all together, so, what do you get? Um, Dorothy is uh, with um, Auntie M and, and whatever the... Toto. No, I was going to say whatever the uncle's name is. I don't do I don't know? remember. Anyway. Um, Toto is a German shepherd in this. Uh, Owen is the uncle's name. The hell? Thank you. Um, but yeah, so she's, uh, dropped off a like, doorstep or whatever in this particular version and is raised by like adoptive parents. And then, uh, obviously tornado happens, um, and she ends up in Oz and all the munchkins are actually these like crazy tribal people. And the scarecrow is Jesus Christ. It turns out that's what it looked like. He's on a fucking cross. I saw this happens to have some straw on him, uh, but he also doesn't have a memory, which is, I guess the brain part of things. He he also kind of looks a little bit like uh, Low Rent Gallivant. Yes. Uh, a little bit. That's fair. Yeah. I to- what I told Evan when I was talking, he asked me how I liked it, and I said, it feels like it wants to be taking- taken way more seriously than it deserves to be taken. Like, okay. The- it-, it wants you to, like, really just, like, feel the weight of this world and this in the world building and the characters, well, but it doesn't the- really d- deserving of that to me. It doesn't feel like so that. It's- and the way, I'm sorry, really quickly, no, the way that the trailer makes it feel, because when you watch the, the trailer that they had up, uh, for it on uh, Hulu was very serious, and it was cutting to is it Vincent D'Onofrio? Yeah, yeah. I, I, I never ridiculously bad in this, in my opinion. Well, and, and he was talking about it like him, and it's not just him. I'm not trying to call him out, but I think he's a great actor. Mm-hmm. He is. I think he does a terrific job in in Daredevil and Law and Order Criminal and, Intent and Law and Order Criminal Intent. He's, knows. he's very good. Um, <laughs> no one else likes procedurals. Mariska Hargitay, bitches. <laughs> By the way, just watched uh, Love Guru the other day. And I don't care what anybody says. That is one of Mike Myers' greatest oh, hidden oh, no. achievements. Here we will disagree. <laughs> I, I, I love that movie. <laughs> However, anyway, moving on. It, so for some reason, the comedy in that movie speaks to me. Um, no, but he's he was talking about how this was. I mean, it was one of those things where they're showing you footage and then they're cutting to the actors like talking, talking about, about it. it. Yeah, and it was very like 
it, it, him talking about it in like this really super serious way, like this was really meaningful work, and it was really like the the creators and the director have done this amazing job of blah 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 blah, very kind of not self-aggrandizing because he wasn't talking about himself individually, sure. but of the show, and it was just like that. Next to the footage, I was like, I it, don't know. It really feels like if Once Upon a Time did a Game of Thrones year. Like, see, and Once Upon a Time never got too, like, it, it was supposed to be serious, but it never got, like, art, like, having. Yeah, this feels them like Once Upon a Time like in terms of quality, but just they want you to feel, the, they want you to take it as seriously as a Game of Thrones. Yeah, yeah that ain't Vincent, happening. Doesn't Vincent D'Onofrio kind of look like he's in Zach Galifianakis cosplay? A little bit, I guess. The that beard you say it. looks like, yeah. It's yeah, a, he's he's not good in this. Um, he is a, usually an actor I love very much, but um, in this, I do not love him. Um, he's just kind of a little too over the top, dude. Uh, Aunt, Aunt Petunia yelling at the end of this. Yeah, show. it wasn't good. I got so it also a double angry. episode of that. I was like, why was it two hours? I got I got <laughs> home an hour and from minutes. the Golden Globes, and I was like, I'm gonna watch like all this TV. I was like, wide awake. Uh, and I watched a game show we're about to talk about, and then I started to watch that, and I was like, man, like, holy shit. I've chosen poorly. This is taking forever. <laughs> yeah, Indiana Hour Jones, and the last crusade shit. reference. Oh, man, it was not good. Yeah. Um, I did not enjoy it. Uh, Evan, I think, liked it pretty well. He said he's going to keep it. Yikes. I mean, man, I just, there's too much. I actually saw the, the preview, and I kind of put it in the back of my mind. I was like, okay, I need to watch that because it was on the list of things that Trey wanted me to watch for this episode of the podcast. And now I'm glad that I didn't get to yeah, it. Yeah, I, I, I hate it, but that's, I mean. Yeah, you know. I don't I don't hate it. I just think that it, it wants to be something that it clearly does not have the chops to be. Toto is our uh, word for dog. Yes. That shit. The the Viking munchkins who call her who calls the, the police dog who happened to be in the back of yeah. the police car that she gets to Oz in instead of the house that she accidentally hit and runs the wicked witch of Yeah, it's and, the whole thing, man. It's just whatever. I will say that I the one thing that I thought was kind of cool was the idea that because magic has been outlawed in this version of Oz, um, that the witches have like just taken up other professions and then like Glinda the Good Witch runs like an orphanage for like children who don't have a home and then like there, the Wicked Witch cool was in this, running sure. a brothel I was like oh, that's kind of creative yeah. um, and that was like the only thing that I thought was kind of a neat if, idea if you want like a cool weird take on Wizard of Oz go watch Sci-Fi's uh, Tin Man series miniseries from a few years back that was actually pretty fucking legit yeah I heard great things about that show um, and then lastly as far as premieres go um, the Wall, which is a uh, new game show on NBC. They really want you to know that it's The Wall on NBC. That is the name of the show. It's not just called The Wall. It is called The Wall on NBC. Wow. Um, it's hosted by Chris Hardwick. It is hosted by Chris Hardwick. Well, now that's a... Uh... I like Chris Hardwick a lot. He usually does things that I enjoy. Um, but him hosting uh, Giant Plinko, the game show, is not a thing that it turns out that I want in my mm. life. Um, Josh, I think feels differently. I so. enjoy it. I watched three episodes. It I doesn't need to be an hour it. long, but I watched three episodes. It does not need to be ten minutes long. <laughs> not Trey. Not everybody can be great at everything. I, so. I guess so. Um, so this is literally Giant Plinko. Um, the premise of the the game show is that um, a couple uh, in the first round basically answers these very simple, uh, like multiple choice questions with two different options. Uh, if they get it right, um, they a green ball drops from this giant Plinko board. Uh, if they get it wrong, a red ball does, and there are obviously different money amounts at the bottom of the Plinko board. Um, and um, if you, you know, you basically just need to end up with a positive amount of money 
um, at the, the end round. of like the five five questions of the first round. If you do, they split the couple up. One goes like backstage, one stays out, um, and then they up the dollar amounts um, on the bottom of the board, like Jeopardy. Yeah, and you um, basically the person beho- backstage is answering the questions, and the person uh, on stage is basically like betting. With, Determining like where where the balls drop, and of course the right side of the board is like more money. There's a million dollar slot on there at one point. So, mm. um, and she get you basically get uh, four like green balls to drop at the beginning, and then there are three balls in the middle that the colors determined by if the person right answering backstage. The and then the last four to even it out are all red balls. Um, and I, I watched the first episode. Like it was, it's literally just. We're going to ask you an incredibly fucking easy trivia question. So I will tell you, in the, the next two episodes, the questions get significantly harder. She, dude, um, like, I, no, I knew the answer to every questions. goddamn question on that first <laughs> I, one. I, I think the, the first episode, they probably did that because they want people to be intrigued by... Because it's also sure, the episode but, in which people have won the most money so far. Um, to me, um, I was just like, oh, like, this is... Uh, the questions weren't entertaining or, like, interesting. They were kind of whatever, general bullshit trivia. Yeah. And then, like... It was, so you drop there are five balls that drop in the first round for each each question. There are a total of eleven balls in the next two rounds combined, so twenty two there. Are we still talking about this game show? Or are we talking about Chuck, what Chuck's doing right now? Uh, I mean, either way, a little bit. Okay, more. yeah. So it, the the game is very much bamboozled from Friends. Like it is overly complicated for even, like, or at least it takes a long time rules. to explain. It's it's overly complicated in terms of the rules. I agree with you, but then. Actually, watching it all play out is so oh, it's it's very fucking boring. Well, like I gotta say though, yeah, just if, watch a ball drop, and then the person's going one dollar, one dollar, one dollar, like hoping it lands on the one dollar slot. To and be then, fair, press your luck made lots of money off of that premise. Even press your luck was more interesting than this, though. <laughs> yeah, when you're whenever you're gonna have trivia like that, I don't know. I think Jeopardy's longevity, aside from the fact that it's hosted by uh, one Mister Alex Trebek. Uh, I think part of it is that you don't know all the answers. Even if you're somebody who's good yeah. at trivia, you watch that show and there's a category that you don't know everything about and you might learn something when you have it dumbed down to the point where you can sit there and answer every question that comes up. And that's and you have the, that on top of a really simple episodes, premise. The new episodes are no longer like that. Okay. Like I mean they and like they have asked like pretty in-depth questions about a couple of different things yeah. like to the point of like what the name of the color of paint is used on the Golden Gate Bridge. Like, who the fuck knows that? Yeah, I don't know. That's where you use, like, you make an educated guess, basically, because almost no one knows that, but... Yeah, but, I mean, like, or what's the highest uh, quality of diamond on the scale or whatever? Like, there are these, like, there are questions that, like, you you know basic knowledge of, but don't know at all, and you do, like, they, they have increased the... the and that's good. To me, it's just, even but, between, yeah. but almost between the questions were the m- more egregious thing for me. Yeah. I mean, if I'm going to watch a show that is, quote-unquote, a game show every day, it's going to be at midnight. It's not going to be this. Yeah, also, are they going to continue to make at midnight? Yeah, no, okay. yeah. He's he's dedicated. Nerdist is still going on. Like all of that's still going on. Okay, I knew Nerdist just, was still that man going is on. Yeah. is spread himself thin he's lately. A fucking busy dude. Really quickly, since we're on a Chris Hardwick topic, just briefly, since we we talked earlier about Robin Williams passing away last year or three years ago, pardon me. Um, there is an episode of The Nerdist where Billy Crystal is on the show. Um, it's come out within the last couple of years, and he talks about his relationship with Robin Williams. And for someone who's a fan of Robin Williams, uh, it was just a wonderful, wonderful episode. He it was gets, hysterical. 
he talked about the he said he wished that they had tape rolling on the conversations that they used to have over the phone because some of the stuff that they oh, would I bet. Do was just yeah. hysterical. So anyway, the Nerds podcast is great in yeah, general, he gets but great that, interviews. He that gets episode is really guests. really good. Yeah, I just can't. I don't subscribe to the Nerds just because there's so much. Fun I don't either. Content. I don't. They, do, they've I don't slowed either. down. Have they? Good. They, what I like do is I go in my my podcast catcher of choice. I scroll through and just find the people that I want to listen to the interview of, and I download those. See, I have so much like that I subscribe to at this point that like I'm I never have an empty podcast feed to go like oh I should go listen to this then I need to talk to you uh, so that I Mark Hamill is this week's guest okay yeah I mean again I, th- it's no knock against the quality of that show it's no really yeah good. it's just but like yeah the previous I guest lot, was... and I, I listen to a lot of like Gimlet and NPR and stuff yeah, like that like, I, a lot of current event type stuff last week was James and Kirk from Metallica probably not an episode you'd listen to although Hell it was no. entertaining um but yeah like he he gets great that's how the interview sounded it was yeah that, that was I was just recapping it for <laughs> the folks um, at home. So that's all the new stuff. Um, a couple of things that have finished. Uh, Josh talked to me about Man in the High Castle. God damn it! This was my right, number one. On. Sh- this is my number one show from last year, um, and it's a significant bump up in quality this year than it was from last. Can I ask a question really quick before sure. you? Sure. I tried to watch the first episode, and, and you I w- fell asleep. I, <laughs> I was a I was a history major, and I love studying World War II. I think the premise of this show is incredible. How long does it take episode wise before it? really like hooks you for most people do you for think? like season one yeah i mean i'm sure probably... there were people who right off the bat were into it but for me it yeah. was such a slow burn at the beginning did you finish the full episode yes okay uh probably by like two or three when it starts really getting into the film um yeah. i will admit that episode or season one is harder to watch as much as i enjoyed it a lot of the stuff that goes on when uh juliana is is in the neutral territory, okay. which for people who don't remember, Man in the High Castle is uh, a, based on a Philip K. Dick book, um, which is an alternate version of history in which the Nazis nuked uh, Washington yep. and won the war. And basically the United States is split into three different territories. Uh, the eastern part of the United States is Nazi controlled. The central part is the neutral territory, um, kind of like the lawless lands. And then the Pacific states are controlled by Japan. Yep. Um, and by about episode Three or so, you'll probably know if you're hooked on the overall story. Um, I love the premise. I just wanted to check because I'm sure there's other people out there who, like me, wanted to enjoy it, but it was such a slow burn at the beginning that it was was, was just kind of taking too long to get going. So, I mean, I guess a little bit of spoilers here. Um, you do meet the man in the high castle in this season, which you didn't in last season. That's fine, man. I can um, I can handle the spoilers. Just go yeah, for it. It's Stephen Root, who is fucking awesome in everything he does. Like he he played. Um, the dude with glasses in office space. Um, he's in news radio. If you remember, he was the, the like head of the. I, for some reason, I can't remember what he's just, done. I know. I'm just laughing at the dude with glasses in office space. So, uh, Milton. Yeah. The, I'm gonna burn this place down. Yeah. Oh, okay. My yeah, 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 yeah. Like, yeah. Like that dude is like red yeah, That dude is super talented, super underrated. He's only in like three or four episodes, but like. The the show itself just does a good job of balancing like there's not really a main character to the show and it does it in like a really intriguing way this season in particular it does like heavily focus on kind of the espionage of this world um, the quote unquote main character Juliana is she basically takes asylum in in the Reich and becomes the guest of Rufus Sewell's character who in my opinion is like easily the most interesting character in general in this in this series um they do a lot of they, they actually kind of almost make you sympathize at times with the nazi side um 
obviously they're still portrayed as horrific at times. You can't be sick and you can't have an incurable disease. You become what's um, known as a useless eater. Mm. And like that becomes something that they definitely talk about in this season. Yeah. Because his son is sick and incurably so, he tries to hide it because otherwise he'd have to basically send his son off for execution. Yeah. Um, and they, they play a lot with like alternate universes and alternate timelines in general. Uh, it, it's just a really intriguing show that I can't get enough of, so to speak. I, I will say one of my moments of the year is the opening to the finale in which it shows his character, Rufus Sewell, it, like pre the end of the war where he was still fighting for America. Um, he comes home to meet his wife and he was like apparently late heading to Washington, and they're just having this normal conversation. Nothing is really happening, and then all of a sudden, like you can see out the window the whole time, a fucking nuke just goes off out of nowhere. Like, wow! Like, it's super bright, and they just turn and look, and they're like, "What just happened?" And he's like, "I think the Nazis just hit DC," and like it just goes right into the intro from there. And I was like, "Holy fuck!" I had to like rewind it and watch it again because I was just like, "Oh, this is a nice quiet intro. I don't know really what's going on." And then fucking boom, mushroom cloud, and I was like, "Holy shit!" Awesome! Wow. Yeah. So, um, I definitely suggest if you liked the first season at all, getting into it, or even just doing like a recap situation and starting in season two because the pacing is much better this time, um, and the story is way more intriguing than it was last year. Cool. It's good to hear. Yes. Um, also, finishing up uh, the OA, or I say finishing up. This was a a Netflix series. Um, of course, so it all dropped at once, but um. I finished it, and it sounds like, Justin, you marathoned the sucker, too. I did. Um, man, talk about a show that the first episode did not catch me. No. I was like, I don't really know about this after the first episode. If this wasn't on your list of things that you wanted me to try and watch before tonight, yeah. I probably wouldn't have gotten past, past the, first. the first episode. Um, yeah, very much so, and it's it's a bummer in that <laughs> sense. But um, by about the second or third episode, for sure... Like, once you really get into the meat of what's happening and kind of understand it, because it's a weird show. Yeah. Um, man, holy shit, dude. Like, this show is fucking awesome. Yeah, it's it's really weird. Um, it's I, <laughs> I was trying to think of ways to describe it to friends and coworkers, and it was, this is kind of one of the most non-sci-fi sci-fi shows i've ever seen like yeah so there's because the, there's no thing there's nothing that's really it's more spiritual than yeah there's really not i mean science there fiction. is I mean, a scientist you know, in it but other than that yeah um it is not very science fictiony um but yeah so it's it follows this girl her name is oa or her name is prairie but um she um is basically kidnapped i don't, I don't want to give away <clears throat> too many spoilers necessarily but um, the kind of general premise of the show, um, so she's... Her name is Prairie? Yes. Yeah. Um, okay. It's a weird show, man. She, <laughs> they, actually... they, rename her the, uh, they rename her OA, so... Well, she was originally from Russia and got adopted by an American couple, and they renamed her Prairie because her her eyes were as blue as the prairie sky. That was what her mom said. Don't ask me. I don't know. But... I um, Parents are weird. Yeah. But then Sometimes. she, after after some of her experiences, kind of renames herself OA. Yeah. Um, she has a, a what they call... Um, Near-death experience. Yeah, NDE. Um, Near-death experience. Um, and uh, so, basically, she finds herself kidnapped by a scientist who is very interested in this particular subject. Um, and she is held hostage in this, like, cave, essentially, um, in the basement of this guy's house um, with... A bunch of other people in what has to be the coolest setup for a hostage situation ever. They're in like these like 
clear plexiglass um like cells and they they're almost like in their own each on their own little slice of pie yep um in the circular or not circular but it like octagonal yeah type uh setup and there's like this like little creek that like runs in between all the cells and then out like this natural spring and like it's uh, so that they like use they very use that purposefully to wash. built them that way so that they yeah yeah on top of it yeah um and i don't know it's just it's a the whole his whole setup there um I mean, if I was going to kidnap a bunch of people and hold them hostage, that's the place I would want to do it. I'm just throwing that out there. Um, <laughs> okay. <laughs> just so you know. So, yeah. And it's one of those shows that, like, um, it's... Are we not going into any spoilers on this, or...? I would rather... I personally don't care, but... I mean, I don't know. talked about it last week. La- you guys mentioned the show, Last TV and Movies Podcast, so I just... I didn't know. Um, yeah, I mean, shit, we can, I guess. So, basically... Um, I mean, we don't have to go into a ton more detail. We can leave it there if you want it, but... Uh, yeah, well, I mean, just the, the premise of the show, or not really the premise of the show, but the whole thing is, like, it starts out, and the reason the first episode didn't grab me is it's, like, takes place in the present, and then all the stuff about the kidnapping and the hostage, hostage stuff um, is her basically telling her story, yep. and you're just, you're, you're seeing... It's kind of like the second half of Room, but without the, like, gravitas behind it. So, sort of, yeah, not nearly that much gravitas, because not much does uh, have that much, but... No, it's it's and they're basically uh like kind of navigating their way through what happens in a near death experience or or after you die and like what the afterlife is and if it's a scientific thing or not yeah, or a the guy who, thing. The sci- the scientist who kidnapped her and the others that are being held with her, they're down there because he wants to study yeah. people who have had near death experiences because there are some inexplicable things that happen for people who have experienced that. Uh, one example is a woman who had no real musical ability. She had an NDE and then suddenly has this incredible talent for playing the guitar. Yeah, in, in, in Prairie's case, or OA's case, um, she was blind. And then after the NDE, uh, one of the NDEs that she experiences, she can see again. Yeah, and um, actually she could see as a child, went through an NDE, oh yeah, lost right. her was, sight. You're right. And then later, yeah, you're right, she went through another NDE because it was induced by the scientist. And she gets her sight back. Um, but uh, the, to me, the the crux of that show and what makes it work is as she's telling these people um, her story um, and like kind of recounting it all. Like the farther she gets into it, like the more I'm sucked in. Yeah. And like as certain reveals happened, like in the show, I was just like, oh shit! Like it went from like I guess we'll start another episode to holy fuck! Like we have to start the next episode. Um, by about the by about the fifth or sixth episode, like I was like, well, let's we're just we're in it. Like I don't, I'm not going to bed until I know what happens at the end of the story. Um, the end I didn't love. Um, again, without too many spoilers, uh, it wasn't my favorite thing. Um, for yeah, Evan's sake, he he said he liked it quite a bit. He liked how ambigu- ambiguous it was, and I generally like ambiguous endings. This one just felt a little anticlimactic to me. Yeah, it was very. Uh, there's a famous short story called The Lady and the Tiger, um, which was one of the first things where you kind of as the person experiencing the story get to pick kind of what the ending is going to be like you it's kind of left ambiguous and you get to draw your own conclusion of what happened right uh and this kind of had that same kind of vibe for me which sometimes i like that sometimes i really really hate it um for this i don't know i still kind of have mixed feelings um because there's some stuff that's left very unclear as to yeah. exactly what happened and so um, but overall i definitely recommend it it's a yeah. 
really good show, and it's just there's some stuff that happens that's just super fucking interesting. Interesting uh, tidbit about the show: uh, Britt Marling, the girl who plays Prairie slash the OA, is one of the creators and writers of the show. Oh, that's cool. I did not uh, know that. Which is cool. I didn't realize that when I first started it. Um, she is someone who, depending on the angle that they have the camera at. Sometimes she's kind of just odd looking, and other times she's really attractive. I don't know what the yeah. deal is with that, but there uh, was me and Brittany fought about that often. We watched the show together. It was I, like sometimes she's she, really cute, and sometimes it's like. Ah. Turns out my girlfriend was much more attracted to her than I was, but yeah, what can you do? Um, uh, the only other show that wrapped up uh, is Screen Queens. Uh, it's a show that I started. That several of us started. Um, I think Evan Did and Chuck both. Nope, none of us have. Um, okay. Unless Evan has recently, none of us have, and I don't plan to. Um, That's interesting. I, I did wow. not adore like the first season. So. I, I adored the first season of of Screen Queens. Um, I thought it was really smart and clever. Um, man, the second season just has gone off the rails. Um, the story isn't interesting. Uh, all the characters that made that show great um, are either doing shit that's stupid or have been killed off. And did all they the, kill Chad Radwell? They did indeed. Oh shit! It's the last episode I watched, and I <laughs> kind of refuse to watch anymore. <laughs> Um, Chad Ruff, Radwell is an American fucking treasure, um, and uh, yeah, and then um, some of the new characters. I love John Stamos in most things. He's great. Uh, he does good work. It just yeah, he's pretty man. He's he's like the substitute Chad Radwell, and he just can't live up. Um, so Screen Queens it's like Chad Dadwell, <laughs> kind of yes. Oh, I'll take um, it. I'll give it to you. That was good. Thank you. If Chuck would have said that joke, I would have thought it was way more funny, but. That's not because of you. That's because of Chuck. If anyone else would have well, said it, well, there's a delivery that. Yeah, he he is good at the dad joke. Um, seeing as he is father time and all, um, movies. Let's talk about a few. We're gonna have to <coughs> knock some of these out. Hustle and bustle. Yep. We For the love this. of Spock, go. Yeah. Uh, so this is a Netflix or a documentary that is now on Netflix. Um, it started a couple years back, actually, with the help of Leonard Nimoy, uh, as done by his son. Oh. Um, it was originally supposed to be specifically about the character in general, the cultural impact of Spock as a character. Um, for those who somehow don't know, Spock is a character from the original series of Star Trek. Um, it turned into just a really kind of loving look at not only uh, the character, but also the man behind him. Yeah. Um, so, like, half of this production was done just with uh, Nimoy's son, which I want to say is Adam for some reason. I can't remember right now. Um, and then half of it was done with, with Leonard also helping. Um, and so there's kind of this narrative thread that does go throughout it of he's reading a letter that was written to him by his father, by Leonard Nimoy. Oh, wow. And um, it, it's actually like they had recorded him reading the letter aloud. So it is done with voiceover for you to get the contents of the letter, and it does kind of take him through just in general the career path of Leonard Nimoy starting even before original Star Trek and moving on, but then the cultural impact of such a, a well-known and beloved character throughout all of sci-fi. Um, it's, it's just a kind of a really sweet look in general. It's not the most in-depth documentary that you're ever going to see, but it's a really cool way to look at just in, like – how far-reaching that character really does go. And for somebody who... I love Star Trek. I've never been a huge original series fan. Um, it, it's kind of a great eye-opener in general. And there's a lot of people that you just don't realize. Like, I didn't... I had known he was a fan, but I didn't realize just how big a fan Jason Alexander is of oh, yeah. Star Trek. Like, he is a huge Trek fan. Um, and he is, like, featured pretty heavily. They talk to the the newer actors as well. Although, weirdly, it takes a long time for Zachary uh, Quinto to even show up, um, who 
is playing the character in the new in the new films, but it's 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 one of the my favorite documentaries I've seen in a while, just because the subject material is so like important to me. Yeah, I do uh, want to watch it. Yeah, it's it's totally worth the hour and a half of your time. Uh, really quickly, I just wanted to mention uh, as far as things that are kind of documentary uh, focused. I didn't get. I should have told uh, Trey about this. There's a series called Sound Breaking. Uh, I've been watching it on uh, Hulu. It's a Fox show, I believe. If I'm getting that wrong, I apologize. Uh, but it's just about music and the creation of music, the production of music. Uh, and each episode kind of focuses on a different thing. Uh, one of the first episodes I watched was like the second or third episode, and it focuses on uh, vocals and vocalists and the voice, not the voice the TV show on NBC. Right. Um, but it's just really well done, and it's really cool. So if you enjoy music, um, it's I've really enjoyed watching it. Um, yeah, I have to check that out. One of the main, to now to see one of the main uh, producers of the TV show. PBS, by the way. Oh, is it PBS? Okay, that's why it was so informational. <laughs> um, one of the producers of the TV show of the the show uh, was one of the original producers for the Beatles. Uh, nice. So he kind of does some voiceover work uh, throughout, and it's 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 really interesting and really cool. Damn, that's really it cool. is on uh, it is on Hulu for sure. Yeah, that's where I've been watching it is on Hulu, and yeah. I've I've really enjoyed it so far. Featuring more than 160 original interviews with some of the most celebrated recording artists of all of all time. Yep, that's super interesting. It was, yeah, it was really it cool. I just stumbled across it. I know you guys both love music, and yeah. I assume a lot of the listeners <laughs> to the show do. So I thought I'd mention it for sure. Thank you. Chuck loves Gregorian uh, chant. Well, he, he didn't. Does. He didn't invent it. So it's true. You know, he is the original you, Gregor. It actually used to just be the sound he made when he woke up in the morning, and then yes. somebody was like, "That's beautiful." Really, I'd heard that. Okay, so that yeah, makes sense. Con- confirmed. I'd heard the rumor, but wasn't sure that it was true. Um, <laughs> Laser Team. Sorry, I read Evans' rendition <laughs> of it again. Laser Team. This is the most generically named thing in the history of it's all television. L A Z E R Team. So. <laughs> Yeah, so nailed it on that argument. This was for anybody who's how you spell laser. It depends on some people. Again, anyway, go ahead. So this was if you're a fan of Red vs Blue or Rooster Teeth Productions, you may already know about this. Um, Red vs Blue is, in my opinion, one of the funnier things to ever come out of the internet in general. Um, A series that certainly popular. Yes, a series that has taken uh, you know using in-game uh, video game engines and creating narrative uh, video-based content. Uh, Machinima is what it's called. They have spawned into just their own giant brand in general, a huge studio um, for for internet production. This, The reason that this was interesting and the reason I wanted to see it so much is, one, I've been a huge fan of theirs for about a decade now. But, two, it's also... Um, it was, at the time, the largest uh, funded Indiegogo movie of all time. Um, it's... That uh, reminds me that I st- I have a ticket already bought for Super Troopers two. There you go. Anyway, so it's it's a fairly generic sci fi movie. Uh, it is funny at times, although the humor isn't quite as good as it is in their other productions. Um, you can tell that they definitely write in small bursts a little bit better than they do uh, Bernie Burns, who's kind of the the creator of Red vs Blue in general. Um, he works better in short bursts. But basically, it's a team of, like, four idiots in, like, rural America that happen across some crazy alien technology that was intended for, of course, like, kind of the American super soldier. Uh, The the premise is we had received communication from an alien race that another race was coming to destroy our world. And in order to save us, they needed to – we needed to train basically a champion of Earth 
to use this technology they were going to give us to fight. And they accidentally shoot down the ship and each end up with a different piece of this suit that was intended for one person. So they kind of all have to work together. Uh, There's a shield. There's a helmet. There's boots that make you run fast. And then there's the gun itself. It's like a Mega Man blaster. Again, kind of juvenile comedy in general, but there were some moments that legitimately made me laugh. Uh, I just liked it as a cool experiment. Plus, the guy who plays Aquaman in Smallville played, like, the super soldier. Uh, and he was actually, like, legitimately really funny. So. Of course, that's why you like it. Sorry, I'm just not a huge fan of Aquaman. I'm not in a uh, huge fan of Aquaman in Smallville. Um, he was great. That's untrue. Um, and then lastly, for the Josh Hour of movies... Um, <laughs> Office Christmas Party. Talk about how that wasn't good. It was okay. (laughs) I mean, it legitimately was okay. I saw this actually a couple weeks ago, and uh, to give you an idea here, I forgot that I had seen it in in time for us to talk about it on the show. Nice. Every funny so it made quite the impression. Yes, every funny bit's in the trailer. Oh, there's more in the Josh. I hate that movie ever here. I remember the first time I ever had that happen was the uh, the Tim Allen movie where he adopts the kid from like the jungle or whatever. Uh, oh, um, fuck. Jungle to Jungle. Yeah, Jungle to Jungle. And it was like every funny moment of that movie had been in the, the trailers. And, and there were was, only like four. And there were only four. They're, they're it was, all, it was so an hour sad. and a half long trailer because that movie was funny. Jesus Christ. You could not be more wrong. I saw it only when I was like 10 years old. Yeah, me too. Um, Can we, just, can we go to the next yeah, one? Yeah. Uh, um, okay. <laughs> for the most part, yeah. Courtney B. Vance is in that movie. He's everywhere. <laughs> there he is. Uh, yeah, it, it's it's okay at best. Um, Jason Bateman is Jason Bateman. T.J. Miller is probably the best part of that movie, which it, that could tell you some things. Yeah. Um, Jennifer Anderson is all right. There's She's a really hot. funny moment in which she curses out a child in an airport, and I laughed a lot. But for the most part, uh, actually, Kate McKinnon was was pretty damn hilarious too. But she's also usually pretty funny. I was yeah. gonna say, as she tends to be. Yeah. For the most part, it is a forgettable holiday raunchy comedy. Gotcha. Uh, yeah, at some point that seems like a thing I might red box, but yeah. Um, and then passengers, you saw. Yeah, actually, this is the one that I'm actually probably most excited to talk about because this is we we talked incredibly positively about the trailer for this movie. Yeah, it was great. Yeah, this is the Chris Pratt, uh, Jennifer Lawrence. There probably will be some spoilers here. I'm going to try and avoid them too much, but there's some controversy about this movie. Um, hated by critics for the most part, and indeed, I see why in this society that movie is hated by critics. <laughs> That's an interesting caveat. Um, I personally actually pretty thoroughly enjoyed the movie. I was surprised. Uh, my brother, we've talked about a couple times, pretty much loves everything, and when he gave me uh, the description of anybody who doesn't like this movie is an idiot, I was a little bit worried because that just usually sure. means that is Rob defending Rob-ass shit. I was um, going to say, I was actually just going to say, is that just the most Rob-ass thing to say yeah. in the world? But for the most part, I get where he's coming from. So, the the issue people have with this movie, and it's a little overbloated, and the science certainly doesn't work a lot of times. Schedule. Um, this is a a group of people who have signed up to take a 120 year long uh, hypersleep journey to um, a homestead planet. Basically, terraforming planets has become like the biggest industry in the future, and this company has this like fail safe, completely automated system that allows them to guarantee pretty much like there's never been any sort of failure on these journeys so people sign up for this 100 percent automated journey to a planet 120 years away uh chris pratt accidentally is woken up early in the the thing that should never happen 90 years too early and ends up basically stranded for a year on this ship on his own the reason that there's controversy behind it spoilers for the movie is he 
loses his mind, as one would do in that situation. Sure. And, and in a moment of weakness, stumbles across the pod of Jennifer Lawrence's character. And becomes like this inner battle between himself as to whether or not he should wake her up on his own or not. Okay. Clearly he does. Clearly. She wakes up and it's it's from there it's actually a fairly sweet love story. It's like told really well and and they get their point across. Um the controversy comes in when she obviously finds out and hates him for a good portion of the movie because he basically stole her life. Right. Um without much justification, it kind of becomes a Stockholm syndrome situation in which they really do fall in love and it's kind of explained without much dialogue and from what i've read in the reviews people hate that because it is of course this was written by a man they still fall in love his transgressions are just thrown aside without much consequence behind it situation um did they did the critics all miss the part where this is a fucking movie sci-fi movie yeah (laughs) yeah like i mean because i i get I, i also get what you're saying but now walking out of that movie, the first thing I said because I saw this with uh, with my girlfriend. The first thing I said when I when I turned to her was like, "So that movie doesn't work if it's Danny DeVito, like you know what I mean? Like he would never get away with what he got away with if it wasn't Chris Pratt, right? But at the same time, the the technology they show is really cool. The way they tell the story is cool. Um, they do a really good job of selling the fact that he is completely stranded on his own. That he has struggled with this idea for you know months and months before he actually decides to do it um michael sheen is great as the robotic bartender um like it's it's full of like really good and endearing performances michael sheen or martin sheen michael Michael sheen Sheen. okay yeah no not martin sheen um Uh, it's a different movie good old larry fishburne shows up for a brief minute and andy garcia shows up at the very end of the movie for like a split second but he becomes the fourth highest billed person in that movie. Like it is a very small, quiet movie for the most part. Gotcha. Um, that was done really cool. The, the one science bit that makes me laugh so much is kind of like one of the things that causes this is there's an unexpected meteor or asteroid belt. They have to go through those things don't really move around in space that much. Like an asteroid belt's not gonna like they, they kind of could have plotted around that probably and avoided this issue. Um, and also at one point he decides that he's going to plant, a tree in the middle of a space station, basically, or a spaceship with no soil. He just tears up the ground, and that apparently grows into a fertile land out of nowhere. It's like kind of ridiculous, but overall, the movie is is. This sounds like another red box situation. It's better than you're expecting, <laughs> honestly. It's worth it's worth seeing. It's not going to be anywhere in my top ten. Gotcha. But it's better than you would expect if you're looking at the critics. Right? And you would think, though, when someone says, hey, we're going to make a sci-fi movie with Chris Pratt and Jennifer Lawrence, you would think, like, oh, that's an easy top ten lock for me. Yeah. Uh, it uh, looked like it was going to be a top five lock. But for the most part, it, it does what it needs to really well. It's just a matter of if you're going to get caught up in the drama of, like, trying to say there's some sort of uh, victim's mentality behind this movie yeah. in a way. Which, you know, it's whatever. Uh, yeah, I mean, I think those are legitimate things to discuss but it not mean necessarily in the confines of a like they also do a pretty comedy. good job of keeping comedy, her but, angry at uh, him for a significant drama. amount of time like i yeah. mean it, i get but what else do you do in that situation you know like i was gonna say when you're at some point, it literally you is stockholm it. syndrome like yeah. Way. yeah sort of but i you know i don't know like you said it doesn't work if it's danny devito which obviously I don't know that. It, I mean, it works maybe, but not in a not in a love story. It, it no. would be a well, yeah, that's like a friendship. Like, yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like, yeah, the whole point is that like of companionship. Th- they were like it was like a great 
amazing passionate love that they had that was like thrown aside and like broken up horribly when this revelation happens and right. then, like 30 minutes later movie time wise she gets over it. Yeah, she gets over it. I mean, it thirty minutes that's a yeah, that's twenty five percent of your movie. It was a significant chunk of time that she was like legitimately upset. Gotcha. Um and then um let's talk um I guess Manchester by the Sea next. Yeah, because I talked about this last time, so yeah, your, your you thoughts. discussed it, but I've since watched it. Uh Evan and I went and saw it uh last week. Have you seen this one, Justin? I have not. Um do you like to be really, really fucking sad? <laughs> No. Okay, I, then, is, then is, is you should like, still watch this, but no, you're not going to be have fun. Is this like Requiem for a Dream sad at the end where like I want to go curl up in a ball on the linoleum floor no. and so cry? So this, like, this is like two solid hours of just like, man, life really sucks sometimes. Yeah, like, like yeah, life can really get you crap. down. Uh, also, um, it involves children dying. Oh, so no. no. That. No. Um, let, me, let me just say, as a parent, my oldest kid is five, so I haven't been a parent for that long, but I can tell you, it's children dying in movies before I had kids was like, oh, that's really sad. That, that really so, blows. Now, it's like you automatically think about your kids and you're like gutted. It, and this was in a, a particularly terrible way. Uh, yeah. Also, I saw no, this with Evan, no, who is kidding. the proud owner of a brand new baby. <laughs> Um, you got a new kid. And, and, what do we have for him? Uh, he, he won Come a fair and square on the, on the showcase showdown. Uh, <laughs> Turns uh, out like $700,000. That's that's the showcase. Yeah, he, showdown. he knew what was up. Um, he did his research. But anyway, no, like, I, I immediately after we got done watching this movie, I turned to him and I was like, You picked a really <laughs> shitty time to watch this film. Um, yeah, it's Casey Affleck who um, just He's, won a Golden Globe for his performance uh, in this movie. Deservedly so. It deservedly so, indeed. He is amazing. Um, I, I, did you talk about the plot and all that good stuff last week? Remind me, or two weeks ago? Uh, yeah, I talked about his his brother with the heart condition um, okay. dying and him taking over, but we didn't really go into what is my favorite part of the movie which is like their dedication to it at the end yeah um, so um yeah so he's kind of tasked with raising his nephew um after after his brother passes away and yeah it's just like it's this back and forth um of kind of him trying to figure out what to do and whether or not he wants to do it and because of what happened to his children uh several years ago he's kind of emotionally bereft yeah uh he's he is straight up fucking depressed and, and this this movie does, I think, a very, very good job of showing you what depression looks like and oh, incredible. how terrible depression can be for a person. And how much that sticks with you, like, even to the point where, like, it... And I was thinking, like, early in the movie, before you even know what happened to him, you just you think he is just this kind of antisocial guy who doesn't really have his shit yeah. together. Like, when he's standing in the hospital talking with, obviously, what is a friend of his and his brother's, um, like, you don't really know why, but this guy Joe keeps like offering to do things for the arrangements, you know, yeah. like I'll make that call. I'll do this. And you start to think, man, this guy's kind of selfish. Cause he just keeps saying, okay, that's fine. Yeah. You yeah. You whatever. should do that. Yeah. Like he is just kind of like along for the ride at first while his brother has just died. There... Um, it's, it's, yeah. but they do a good job of like showing how such a traumatic event can really change you because when they do the flashbacks of him with his wife who is michelle williams in this movie yeah um he is full of life and you know a great father at the same time but still like fucking up as as husbands do like it, it, it they do a really good job of showing that personality yeah before and after man him, um there are three <laughs> scenes for me in this movie i think i know one of them they're, talking they're about. all uh just gut-wrenching uh, <laughs> uh one is is the kind of the 
the Oscar clip scene uh, with him and Michelle Williams where. Oh, God. She, like, basically. On the street. So, obviously, we've established, I think, at this point, I guess, spoilers, but the thing that makes him depressed is that his children die in a very horrific way. Um, And in such a way that he kind of very much feels guilty, I think, about it um, Mm -hmm. and responsible. And she also initially feels that way and, like, blames him and they, they aren't together anymore and all this. And so the scene is, like, they run into each other on the street years down the road. And she like basically tries to make amends and apologize and like conf- like confesses her love for him still and like basically wants to like tries to like reconcile with him like on the street while she is holding like the new baby that she just had with her new husband and it is it, she it, is like weeping and her face is like beet red and the whole time you can tell he is just like he is I trying don't to know shut what it, to do but he's like trying to shut it down but at the same time he is getting emotional yeah. and like this holy very reserved shit, dude. man it's it's a dynamite just like it's both one of the best actors moments of the year. holy shit um and then one is where they're in the police station oh god damn it it's my it's so hard <laughs> they are so i'm just going to go ahead and lay it out for you sure, yeah, yeah. Gonna, he goes he gets uh rather drunk um Leaves uh, or starts a fire because it's very cold. They live up in New England. Uh, forgets to put the screen on the fireplace. Walks to the convenience store to get more beer. Um, and a log rolls out of the fireplace. Uh, the firemen save his wife, pull her out, but are unable to save the three children. All three of his children. Uh, and he comes back to, to that. So um, it's rough. Uh, so they're in the police station, like basically taking his account of everything after this happens. And he, they're like, all right, like, you can go, you can go, like, we can't arrest you for not properly putting the, like, securing the fireplace, like, like, yeah. the, the, you're gonna almost the exact line is like, everybody fucks up, you just fucked up real bad, yeah, but we can't arrest you for that. Um, and so you're free to go, and he walks out, and you just, you can tell he's like, obviously distraught about it, and but out of nowhere, like, I didn't see it coming at all, at all. He grabs a cop's gun and like. They have to like they he they barely prevent him from just blowing his brains out right there in the fucking police in front station. of his dad and brother. Yeah, like, I gotta tell you that's not that far <laughs> off of you know. It's what oh no, it's realistic like as a dad. It's so um, rough. Well, I mean, so to to recap, sounds like <laughs> it sounds to me like this is incredibly well done, incredibly well acted. Um, and if you want to watch it, go for it. Uh, just double down on the SSRI of your choice uh, before before going to see it. Yeah, um, yeah, it, it very much is. I will say, like, I went home. I, we saw this in the middle of the day. Um, oh, I saw it in the middle of the day as well. Um, yeah, like, like literally. You just have to think the, about it. The the, like the, the fucking 16-year-old kid tearing our tickets just looked at me and Evan goes, enjoy your super sad movie on a Monday. <laughs> <laughs> I at least got to see La La Land like wow. two hours later. Okay, yeah. see that's at least a way to like cleanse oh, man, the palate. I got happy and... after that, but for a while it was rough. Yeah, so yeah, we um, we saw it, and then I immediately went home. Brittany was off that day. It was a it was the Monday after New Year's, and um, she like asked me for the rest of the day if I was okay because I literally went home, poured myself a very tall glass of whiskey, and proceeded to get drunk, and just like it was like five o'clock in the evening, and I was like pretty hammered. And just like sitting there watching TV, <laughs> and pretty like I wasn't wasn't talking. <laughs> Everybody was like for real, and I'm like I just need to like process. Yeah, like I need to get through this. 
Wow. It, it's, I mean, it, the, it sits with you for a while, dude. The dedication, though, is that, like this whole movie, he's struggling so hard to really connect with his nephew and decide what he is going to do, how he can be responsible for another life at this point. And I mean, he's like almost 18, right? He's, he's 16. He's two years away from being legal and, and on his own and not needing a guardian. Um, but by the end of the movie, he, he comes to that agreement with his friend that they're going to adopt his nephew and he is not going to be the guardian. Yeah, they don't um, there's no happy ending here. Yeah, like, not not completely happy anyway. Like there is there is an understanding. It's the he best has, of a bad situation. Yeah, kind he of he like goes from this tiny room that's a basement in an apartment complex he's the handyman for to getting his own place that has an extra room for if if the kid wants to come visit him. Like so he is in a better spot, but it is dedicated to this is not a man who emotionally can handle being the responsibility yeah, yeah. It, it's and it's one, done so well at one point over dinner like he straight up looks at his nephew and like you know referencing depression just like looks at him and goes i can't like i, I can't don't, beat it i can't beat it like it it has me it's Man. it's rough dude um but now that we're talking also, done talking about that fuck that bitch who doesn't want to see him around anymore like that one moment where yeah, he goes to find a job i meant to ask you about that why like because she built she blames him for those Man. kids fuck that bitch then right Fuck that bitch. Like, he's not punished enough. Yeah. Um, so, on the total flip side of this, uh, the last movie we're going to talk about tonight uh, is Hunt for the Wilder People. Yeah. Um, this is currently streaming on Hulu, so uh, if you have a Hulu account... Watch it. Uh, this is a must-watch. It is a... Are we not going to talk about the other depressing movie? <laughs> uh, only because I know how much Chuck liked it, and so we're going to wait on him for that one, I, I think. Oh, shit. I forgot. No, we got we do have two more. Okay. Um... You know what? Let's save that one too. Again, next week is light, um, and that's okay. That we're not in a hurry. Um, but Hunt for the Wilder People, um, streaming on Hulu, um, takes place in New Zealand. Man, this is the this movie is just it's joy. The film, like from beginning to end, I just like every time I think about it, like I just grin. Like yeah. it's so fucking well made and so fun. Like. So- so it's directed by uh, Taika Waititi, who's directing Thor Ragnarok next. Uh, but he made a movie that a lot of people loved last year that I personally did not like called What We Do in the Shadows. I really is... want to see it now, just to judge for myself, because I know some people who love it and some people who hate it. Yeah, it's just this like kind of New Zealand mockumentary about a group of vampires who have lived for thousands of years. Um, and they like invite a camera crew in to... like. I think I saw, like, one trailer yeah. for that at uh, it, some point. It's a super cool premise, and people loved it, and maybe I need to watch it again to give it another shot. Um, but to me, this is a polar opposite movie. Like, So this is a, like, troubled youth who gets adopted. By the way, Ricky Baker is the best character of the year. Yeah. I love little Ricky Baker. Certainly going to be up there. Um, he gets adopted by this, like, New Zealand bush family, kind of. Like, they're just... This is aunt or something, right? No, she just wants him to call him auntie. Oh, I thought she was his aunt, and then the dude was not his actual uncle. But I'm pretty sure that she just wants to be called auntie. Gotcha. Um, but either way, like he is just this like really troubled. He's been in and out of the foster care system. Is just kind of this little shit wannabe gangster fat kid, like probably what 14 years old, maybe somewhere maybe. in there. Um, and he gets adopted by this old woman and her husband, who is played by Sam Neill. And so she very early in the movie. Like, right after they adopt him, passes. Uh, and you think it's going to be a sad movie because of that initially. Yeah, and uh, you learn that the social worker, who is just a piece of shit woman, she's just <laughs> awful, um, like, hates him, hates the kid in general, and, like, 
just thinks he's like the scum of society uh, is like coming to pick him up because Sam Neill's character doesn't want to take over um, and doesn't want to adopt him on his own. And the kid runs away into the bush and Sam Neill goes after him and they basically get lost in the wilderness together for like a year and a half, I think. Um, it's wow. delightful. Like, there's like this giant manhunt going on for them and they're like, like having all these adventures and, and like, like they they eventually start actively avoiding the manhunt to find them because they just are happy like having this adventure together. They are accompanied by uh, Ricky Baker's newest pet, uh, Tupac, because he names his dog <laughs> Tupac, um, as as one would. And it's I mean, man, it's, it's just like it's just like this movie could start with like the phrase "the misadventures of." Uh, you know, like yes. fill in whatever. Like it, it is totally that kind of film. Um, and of course, everybody thinks that he's like Sam Neill is like this perverted old man who's kidnapped this kid, which is why there's a manhunt going on. <laughs> um, at one point, he points at Sam Neill like after they get angry at each other and starts yelling, "He's molestering me. <laughs> <laughs> he's a molesterer." <laughs> like it's real. Like I. I absolutely put it in the category of comedy. I know that I'm not going to win that argument at this table, but uh, it is definitely a feel-good movie, and it's just yeah. it's a delight. It's just so fun to watch. Well, feel-good movies are always going to have I mean, there's definitely funny moments. moments it's, it's a dramedy. So, okay. You, you know my love for Aaron Sorkin's writing, and that is absolutely what yeah. he does. So. Yeah. This is not Aaron Sorkin's writing, Sorkin, but, writing, but it's, it, it it's, is... It's up there, though. It's man, very well written. When Reese Darby shows up toward the end of the movie... As yeah. psychopathic, like Psycho Sam or something like that, like just this crazy, crazy man, man living out, out in the bush. Literally, they come upon him. He is just crouched on the ground with like two twigs that have like leaves on it, and he's like, <laughs> "Is it a man or is it a bush?" And, like it's so stupid. He's like going off on the. I keep going back to this, but he's going off on this long rant in his trailer that they come across. He's like wearing a fucking colander on his head as like just the crazy like against the government, and he just walks off and he just says, "Don't even get me started with the national rug." be team and off camera you hear him just go they're not real (laughs) (laughs) or no they're not human it's like there are so many really fucking funny moments it's anybody should watch it cool and it has just an incredible it does have a very uh very happy like kind of like we're gonna tie it together with a bow at the end kind of ending but uh oddly enough like it doesn't feel that way it doesn't feel forced it feels like this is the way this these characters should like end their you know end their story that's cool um it's man it's super fucking well made well i've added it to my watch uh, list so yeah they they kind of did the your your favorite part of the smurfs trailer with the rations early in that movie yeah where he like made himself a bunch of sandwiches because he's gonna go live in the bush (laughs) and he's like he got to Gotta just do one a day, one a day, and then he like eats them all at one time. <laughs> it's like ten minutes later, he's like, I "Shit, I'm out of food." <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's it's it's, it's yeah. That it's movie, really funny. I did not expect to love it as much as I did, but it's it's solidly in my top ten probably this year. It's in my top five for sure. Wow, um, yeah, um, without a doubt. Um, but uh, I think that will do it for us. Indeed, Justin, thank you for joining us. Thank you for having me. Uh, it would have been was a also terrible. A Terrible podcast. If it was just, just me two? and Josh talking. We probably would have canceled. <laughs> probably ha- happy to uh, sit in anytime. Uh, well, there's going to be openings in the future, so, so we will let you know. Let me know. Um, We're kicking yeah. Evan off. Thank you guys Evan for watching. Out. Yeah, Evan is done. Um, <laughs> <laughs> thank you guys for watching on YouTube. For those of you guys listening, um, I know we've mentioned it before, but I think the last few weeks we've kind of neglected to to reiterate. So um, make sure if you guys normally listen, um, we are now up on YouTube. You can see uh, every our beautiful week, faces somewhere between Tuesday and Thursday. We haven't really set a day on that, but Middle of the week, um, yeah, we it's basically just 
uh, a recording of us doing what you were listening to, but you get to look at Josh's face. So despite that, you should watch. Um, (laughs) And uh, thank you guys for tuning in. We will see you next week. Thanks for listening to the Free For All podcast. Hey, we just wrapped up another incredibly mediocre show. But if you somehow miraculously stomached any of that, go check out our mostly empty site at freeforgeeks.com. That's free, the number four, geeks.com. You can subscribe to the show on iTunes and make sure you rate us as well. Five stars. There's some Android apps too, probably, so do some legwork and figure it out. But you can also follow the show on Twitter and Periscope at FFA Podcast and us individually at Trey Elliott 22, at Eastwaff, what F motherfucker, at FFA Josh and at Chuck Nally. You can also check us out on Facebook. Lastly, but certainly not least, send any suggestions for discussion topics to podcast at freeforgeeks.com. We crave feedback, but rarely get any, so send us some, please. Anywho, thanks a lot, and we'll see you next week.